Good to have you here on this Thursday. Ben Troop is here, obviously. I am two for two. <laughs> Every two days in a row. It's uh, me blasting myself out I wish uh, here Kevin, I wish Kevin could do that all day long. Day. In his house, they could get, welcome, welcome, welcome. Turn it on. <laughs> Sound like the PA announcer at a stadium or something. <laughs> you, want welcome, welcome, welcome. you want to do it again? No, we don't no, have close. to. We're, no, we're, good. Close, we're good. Close, we're good. We're good. We're, 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 we're good. Here we go. Here we go. You ready? You ready? Oh, you ready? You ready? It's three and out. How about that? On this Thursday. So much to get to. Arnold Harrison uh, going to join us. Former George Bulldog, Super Bowl champion. Uh, we'll jo- actually have a couple Super Bowl champions mm-hmm. on the show today. We'll talk with Arnold, Har- Arnold Harrison. You want to do it again? Uh, hold on. Hold on. Do hold we on. need to start hold over? On, on. <laughs> I can't. Hold on. Like, I don't know what's the problem hold on, this today. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. You ready? You ready? You ready? Yeah, let's do it again. Let, I mean, whatever. Deep breath. You good? Yeah, let's do it. Right, here we go. Three, two. Chris Canty will join us. He is one of the Super Bowl champions uh, that will join us. Also, Arnold Harrison <laughs> will join us in the final hour. Also a Super Bowl champion. Uh, we'll obviously have a lot to talk about with the uh, Super Bowl, Major League Baseball. We've heard from Rob Manfred. He actually decided to talk baseball uh, today. We'll get to some of that coming up. And today Wait, is the whoa, NBA. Whoa, whoa. What? The commissioner of baseball decided to talk baseball? Yeah, sometimes Holy he doesn't. Hell. Sometimes he just says, hey, yeah, I'm, he I'm out here holding this hunk of metal. That's yeah, all I'm doing. Ground, yeah, he's a groundhog. You need to stay under, <laughs> under earth, on the ground. So we heard from the commissioner uh, today. We'll talk about that. Also, the NBA, the trade deadline just expired moments ago, and there's been some big ones in the NBA. We'll get to that coming up. A little bit later in the show, we'll see if the Hawks were able to squeak anything in uh, there at uh, the deadline as well. But we are just a few days away from the Super Bowl, uh, Ben. And certainly everybody talks about uh, the two quarterbacks, but there's a lot of individual matchups. I know Christian, uh, I've talked to him a number of times, pretty much any football game you ask Christian about, it's like, oh, I don't care what everybody else is doing. I'm watching the offensive and defensive line. That's the matchup whoa, I want to see. Wait, 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 wait. Why are you making that sound like a bad thing, Ben? What, I'm not. I'm because I'm trying to lead a, into a statement here. Ninety-nine percent of football games. Oh, in the trenches. Thank I mean, you. every 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 single time. I mean, I know it's kind of like boxing. We watch from the waist up. Boxers watch from the waist down. I say, look, based on the guy who got the better footwork, I can tell you who's winning the fight. But you talk about this game, Kevin. I know. You know. I know we're gonna get into it. But there's a guy. He's. You know. He's. He's. He's a, a real life Freddy Krueger. All right, carry on. I was just trying to say, what is the matchup that Ben is looking for, knowing that, hey, Christian, you always say, I love the trench battle. So that I think in this one, that actually is the battle to watch because oh. one is very good and one has been situationally good. Uh, Cincinnati has had moments where they look bad, then they hold the, the Chiefs uh, to just a couple of pressures uh, in the championship game, and which offensive line is going to show up against those studs for the St. Saint- Louis, the L.A. Rams. Well, I'm having a... Uh. First it's, segment to remember today got, here on the show. You want to start over? No, I don't want no, to it's, it's It is going to be the trenches, and I think sometimes uh, we do get caught up in the glitz and the glam. I understand Cooper Cup, Eli, you know, Eli Apple, you know, uh, you know uh, Odell. I mean, you talk about uh, Jamar Chase and Jalen Ramsey. Um, when you think about uh, T. Higgins, uh, you know, he's going to get the backside cornerback. But Aaron Donald, you know, uh, you know, Lord and those guys, Von Miller and those guys. I do think that because this uh, Cincinnati Bengals off, I mean, Cincinnati Bengals offensive line was able to hold up. Well, let me say this: they did a really, really good job against Kansas City because Chris Jones they wasn't really they wasn't really blocking him that much in the AFC Championship game. The game will be won and lost in the trenches. If Joe Burrow 
can find a way to improvise. He's going to have to improvise on certain plays because number 99, he's coming. Uh, number 40, Ovon Miller, he's coming. He's showing that, look, they 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 uh, they uh, brought me in to be able to uh, play in games like this. If the trenches can find a way to hold up and Joe Burrow can have time to throw it, because I love Jalen Ramsey. Eric Weddle was on the couch for the last two years because he understands that Raheem Morris, off, I mean, defense, he can go out there and kind of, you know, uh, be that quarterback, uh, you know, uh, in the secondary. That's going to that's gonna make the game good or bad because if number 99 is running rampant, if he's just living in the backfield, I'm sorry, Joe, you ain't never seen nothing like 99. The thing is, this same Bengals uh, team played Kansas City early in the season, so they saw them. They kind of know what they want to do. And Kansas City was winning going into halftime uh, since then it comes out in the second half and beats them. Kevin, I know we're going to make it about the kickers. I know we're going to make it about, you know, special teams, the 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 coordinator versus coordinator and all this. If those five, if those five, if those five gentlemen in front of Joe Burrow can't handle the four gentlemen looking at him, it ain't gonna. It's not going to. And people are gonna get sick of it because the Super Bowl is the one game that you have to notice everything you didn't notice throughout the course of the year. You like wide receivers? That's what I'm looking at during the year. I'm not really looking at the running game. If you like the running game, I'm not really looking outside. If you don't like O line, D line play, don't watch. Oh, don't watch the uh, Super Bowl because it's gonna be oh Jamar Chase sack. They gotta find a way to give Joe Burrow. And if Joe Burrow does decide to. To pull that thing, there's a young man by the name of Ernest Jones who's been, who spent most of the year on, on IR. He is ready, yep, fresh legs, ready to hit every everything running. But, yes, I would, I look, would love to give you the sexy answer, but, no, it is the O-line versus D-line. That being this Kansas, I mean, that being this uh, Cincinnati team who, I mean, you go back to Tennessee, I mean, nine sacks, you still won. Well, I mean, Ben, but if, if, I, if I'm looking at this from an L.A. standpoint, given that we've seen the best and the worst – of the Cincinnati's offensive line play in the playoffs, are you taking a gamble on the fact that, hey, I'm going to bring somebody every time, and if I bring five, you're not going to block my five with your five? I mean, is that a worthwhile gamble to say, hey, if we go hat on a hat, you're not going to beat us because you can't block all five of us with five guys. It's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, and and if you if you are if you are Aaron Donald for a second. Aaron Donald gets two people every 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 game he's in. Sometimes triple team. I mean, if you if you look at where, but this is the, what's what's scary about this game is they're going to move Aaron Donald inside and outside. They're going to put him on the outside. So you know they're going to put him on the inside. I think if you are Cincinnati, you are saying, look, offense line, I got to play the game of my life. And do you sacrifice a Joe Mixon? Do you have to go six on five on four because you might have to keep those guys and don't just chip. These guys, I might have to say, look, you're going to be the extra block on 99, or Von Miller's going off, you got to go chip him, or you know, you know, uh, you know, uh, Floyd's coming off the uh, edge. This D line can hurt you, man. And when they get going, it seems like it's ten of them out there if they get going. But that's the matchup. Everybody be saying, I don't know if 99 that good. He ain't gonna get defensive player of the year this year because T.J. Watt got 22 and a half sacks. Aaron Donald's had 20 sacks one time. All I'm saying is, yes, Kevin, if you are Cincinnati's offensive line, you ain't getting no sleep. Because there he is. And the thing is, people always say about Aaron Donald, when he finally run out there on the field, you expect him to be, you know, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, they say he barely over six feet tall, right? He's 280 pounds, but he's 200. He's a rock. And you like, him? And then they snap the ball. And you like, who in the world is this? But I, I will say, if Cincinnati's offensive line can, can have a repeat performance like they did in the AFC Championship game, oh, my goodness. Now, now we talk about something because – Yes, I do think that, Kevin, the age-old question that hasn't been solved all year, are you going to cover Cooper Cup one-on-one? Because that's not, that's not a winning recipe. I, you know, Eli Apple going to have a lot to, a lot to deal with uh, 
come this weekend. And, you know, uh, Bengals um, uh, cornerback. But, yeah, I, I still think it comes down to Cincinnati can find a way to get a game. Because every play they don't give up sacks, that's confidence building. Okay. Okay, what, what's our, what's going to be our best? Uh, are we sliding Are we sliding our protection to the left, sliding to the right? Are we leaving in the back? Are we leaving in the tight end to kind of help? Because I do believe Higgins and company and you know, Chase and those guys, I love Jalen Ramsey. I give you Mike Evans. Mike Evans, you know, is not uh, Jamar Chase. Very, very good receiver, by the way. He ran right by uh, Jalen Ramsey. And the thing is, if you're giving Jamar Chase time to go out there and run his routes, I love you, Jalen. I'm looking forward to that matchup. So, yes, O-line versus D-line, that's going to be the matchup. And and I said to say this, who knows? It could end up being the D-line of Cincinnati versus the O-line you know, uh, you know, of the Rams. So who knows? But I do think whatever, whatever team has the better uh, performance in the trenches, they got a better shot of winning this thing. I was going to say, it seems like for all the talk, we haven't given Cincinnati's defense a whole lot of credit. They kept uh, the Chiefs kind of under under wrap. They did a, a, a solid job. Came up with a big play against the Titans uh, to help them win that football game. It seems like we're not giving a whole lot of credit to that Cincinnati defense. Just saying, all right, Bengals, you're not going to be able to cover everybody. Uh, for this Rams team, and Matt Stafford could potentially pick you apart. Are we selling that Bengals defense short uh, going into uh, into the Super Bowl? We are. We are. Because it's all about the offense. Let's face it. When it comes to Cincinnati, the first thing we think of, we think of Joe Burrow. Thank you, Jamar Chase. Thank you, Higgins. Thank you, Mixon. We don't think of that defense. But this is the same defense that held Kansas City to three points in the second half at home. So I do think Hendrickson, Hendrick, Hendrickson and those guys and company, if they start getting at you now, now look, they are relentless. They don't. Now, Hendrickson is, is, is one of the best pass rushers in the league, man. I mean, he's not he's not ever going to be put in the category as a TJ White, as the Bosa's, and guys of that nature, but double-digit sack guy. And he has a motor. Let me tell you something. Anytime you see a football player that don't wear gloves, that's a football player. This man does not wear gloves. I want to put my hands on you. I want to feel Do you wear gloves? Yeah, I want to. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just not. saying. But I'm I, trying to make sure I get, I, get that I, on the record. But, I, but all the guys I have, I mean, I play, you know, all the guys I played with that didn't wear gloves, man, look, these guys. They hand, they hands feel like bricks. They, they make they listen. I show you what I make my money with. Could that be the unsung heroes, Kevin? We seem to make it so much about obviously Aaron Donald and company, um, the offensive line for Cincinnati. Could this Cincinnati D line start having this way? Because the thing about Matthew Stafford that we do know, if he does get happy feet, even if he got Cooper Cup, you know, even if he got Odell Beckham and those guys, does he start doing things unorthodox? Because let's face it. People are going to be trying to make unorthodox plays because there is no there is no tomorrow. Could be walking out of this thing saying, hey, man, the D-line of Cincinnati upstaged the D-line of the Rams. And that would be quite the storyline, obviously, coming out of the Super Bowl, something that not a lot of people are talking about here, heading into that football game coming up on Sunday. So much to get to here on the show, including uh, Chris Canty, Arnold Harrison, and they will both join us here on 3 and Out. We're talking Super Bowl uh, with them. It is the NBA trade deadline, but Rob Manfred, got up in front of reporters today and answered some questions about uh, where baseball is here with spring training, at least in theory, set to start next week. I don't think anybody believes that's going to happen, but what did Rob Manfred have to say today, talking a little baseball with the press earlier today? It's 3 and Out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you here, 3 and Out, on this Thursday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us. Thanks for making us a part of your day. We're streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com. And live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And uh, you can join us there and uh, keep track of the show. We heard from Rob Manfred. Pitchers and catchers normally set to report next week, like midweek, Tuesday, Wednesday 
of next week. I don't think that's going to happen, but Rob Manfred out there uh, meeting in front of the media today, Ben, uh, saying the owners have agreed to a universal DH, which I think that was probably a no-brainer. That's a, a box that I don't think anybody was worried about a lot of squabbles over. I mean, there are traditionalists who don't like it. I'm you know, one of them. I really don't. I, I think it takes some of the strategy out and changes the way the game is played. Um, but the owner said, hey, we agree to that, and also removing draft pick compensation. And for people who are like, what is that? Well, let's just say uh, a team has a player who is on an expiring contract. He becomes gets a qualifying offer from another team. He accepts that offer. You get a draft pick as compensation for losing uh, said player. Thusly, teams like the Pirates and the Orioles and teams like that, hey, I have a good player up for uh, contract. We gave him an offer. Another team gave him an offer, and he left. All right, well, we get compensation for that, i.e., we don't need to compete. We're going to get compensation in a younger player to come in our system rather than, you know, pay somebody to stay uh, and play. So apparently the owners are, are cool with that. He said he's not worried about the season starting on time. Of course, what else would you expect him uh, to say? And that the owners and players association who are set to have a meeting uh, coming up on Saturday, the owners will give a proposal to the players association on Saturday. Ben, of course, that was a big bone of contention. Uh, the owners rejected the players uh, last offer uh, for it and said they were going to give a counter offer, then did not, and said, well, how about mediation? So apparently they're going to give an offer on Saturday. Rob Manfred saying, hey, not worried about the season starting on time, which would be March 31st. Said, look, we really just need about four weeks uh, before we're ready to play baseball. And obviously if you get a deal done within the next week or two, you can still start in the early portion of March with spring training and be ready to go by the end of the month. Kevin, usually in a situation to where when the commissioner has to come up and speak for the league, you say, hey, man, bravo, league. No, not MLB. When you see Rob Manfred, I mean, bring out the smoke signals. All hell has officially broke loose. Why? Just look at his enthusiasm or lack thereof. The most lackluster. And think about this. The owners were like, hey, dude, we got to send him out there. Oh, but look at him. I, I know. But we got to send him out. Uh, we're not, we're not, we, you know, we, we think we're going to start on time. Based off of what? Like, we've been reading the news. We can see that not only they want to do mediation, they wanted to not talk to them so bad. They wanted somebody, they wanted a, you know, they wanted a third party to come in. So we can't talk to you directly. No, you're going to send in the middleman? Not doing it. Then, yeah, I think we just need four weeks. Well, you, we don't know what you need. But I guarantee you right now, the fact that, you know, uh, you know, I mean, uh, catches and you know, you know, pitches. I mean, they're, they're not showing up. There isn't anything. And I, Universal DH. Okay, everybody kind of knew that was coming. Everybody kind of knew yeah. that was coming. But, but this is the thing about it is, oh, Kevin, you start saying the fact that look, I get it now. In his defense, he has a show. He can't really go out there. But, but he kind of <laughs> can't. But anyway, I'll get it. You know, he can't really show. But this is what I'm saying. There's one. I can show emotion without being emotional. I can do that. He doesn't show anything. And people are like, give us something, Rob. We'll be fine. No, 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 no. You were the same guy because of a rule that's built into the bylaws. You saved baseball in a sense a couple of years ago. You didn't really do anything. It had, you had nothing to do with it. They played 50 games. They couldn't come to an agreement then. So now all of a sudden we're supposed to think that you, of all people, you are, listen, you have won. You are, you have won. You are the absolute worst commissioner <laughs> in sports. I get it. But, Kevin, what gives you any – if you are a casual baseball fan, if you love baseball, you just want to watch baseball, if you're watching Rob Man for the day, you think, dude, it yep. might be a while because this is a representation of the owners. So just imagine if you are Mike Trout and Harper 
and so on and so forth. And that's who you talking to. Man, get out of here with that. I I do hope that maybe something behind the scenes is happening. That you, they're going to give an offer this weekend. Probably going to be denied. Because, uh, I mean, if you're announcing when you're going to give the offer, we, we haven't seen anything. And the arbitrators, obviously, they said they're not going to do that. We will see. But, Kevin, does it give you any type of – No. I don't know. Does it, give you, does it give you any type of motivation to think that baseball is going to do anything, but this, this thing going to go on a little while? No, I mean, I, I think that it's uh, – look, it, it, Rob Manfred is doing what he's paid to do. And people said the same thing about, you know, Roger Goodell. Rob, Rob Manfred is carrying the water for the MLB owners, a lot of whom you say, well, who is it? I mean, a conglomeration owns the Braves, Liberty Media. So who the heck is that? Oh, Liberty Media owns Braves. Yeah, but who's the person? For, nobody knows. But Rob Manfred coming out and saying, hey, I feel good about a deal, Ben. Well, what do you, what do you expect him to say? Mm-hmm. Nope, we, we really feel like this one's going to suck and it, it's not going to get done. Like, everything, and, and I, would, I would say that Major League Baseball, the players have said the same thing. Hey, we're going to put together a proposal. We think it's great. We think it's going to get a deal done. Blah, blah, you know, things of that nature. Every side wants to say our deal, our proposal is the best it's ever been. And if it gets rejected, well, that's not on us. It was fair. It's on the other side. I think you get a lot of that going. It's not necessarily good for anybody. But I do think, uh, and we've talked about this, Rob Manfred has not done a good job in representing baseball the game. I don't think, uh, you know, period. Much less you, you worry about him being kind of the representation for Major League Baseball and the owners. I mean, Ben, for as much as he said, look, I'm not worried about spring training. I uh, started on time. This is also the same guy that in the press conference today, somebody asked him a question, and his response was, hey, I think it's been proven over the long haul that, that owning the, uh, an MLB team is not necessarily a better financial <laughs> investment than the stock market. Like, what are you talking about? Like, and I asked you this, man. I was like, who does this? Like, you are representing the league. Hey, it's healthy. It's vibrant. We're growing. We're trying to do things. Well, owning a team is, is not necessarily a better investment than the stock market. Rob. Who are you lying to? Oh, no, seriously, who are you lying? Like, 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 nobody believes this crap. Like, yes. you look at the, the valuation of every single team. I don't care if you're talking about the, the Miami Marlins. The Miami Marlins might be the worst-run franchise in Major League Baseball up until a couple years ago. The group that with Derek Jeter that came in and, and got a part of the ownership group, they bought in at a valuation of, like, a billion dollars. That's the worst team. Mm-hmm. How are you going to say that owning a team is not lucrative or is at least less lucrative than the stock market? Come on, man. Yeah, that, that, like, I mean, that's you, you are, that, wait like, a minute. It's uh, just 30, 30 MLB teams, right? 30. Yeah. So, so, so once again, somebody go, I mean, what do you do for a living? But oh, so, I, you know, yes, I own a team. So, so this is something that's also been put out there by Major League Baseball because, you know, uh, much like everything else you want to expand, the talk of adding two teams. Now, I don't know how serious that is right now, but there's been talk of expanding Major League Baseball by two teams. Well, if you listen to the commissioner, you should have a hard time finding people that want to own a team because, well, you could probably make more money elsewhere. Ben, you know this. Owners own a team to do what? Make cheese. Make money. And you can say, oh, Jerry Jones owns the Cowboys because that's fun money. It is, but he still didn't buy it to lose money. So I, I think, I mean, and guys like Arthur Blank, other guys, these are smart people. Liberty Media, of all things you criticize it for, man, they run the Braves like a balance sheet. Y- yeah. So that they didn't buy the Braves if they thought they could go to their shareholders and say, we feel it's better to invest our money in, a, in, in something else and we can have great returns versus owning a baseball team. Do you think they'd own a baseball team? No. So don't come out here and lie and say it's, uh, you know, it's not as profitable to run a baseball team. It is. Somebody uh, put it up on uh, Twitter. They looked at the Braves' financials because Liberty Media, being a 
publicly owned company, uh, which it is, you can see their financials, unlike a lot of other teams if they're owned by individuals, et cetera. And they said, on average, outside of 2020, the COVID year, the Braves make money. Mm-hmm. They, they said the average home game for the Atlanta Braves is the equivalent of about $6.5 million. So when you have a home game at Truist Park, that's worth about $6.5 million. After you pay for stuff, staff, all that to run a game, you're left with about a million dollars on the top, which is pretty good. You know that's uh, that that's pretty good times eighty that times eighty two. You know I mean so I I think you you look at uh, at some of this and you say the owners can't necessarily cry poor here, but you can't have Rob Manfred going out saying like you shouldn't own a team because it's not a good fight. Like come on man, you're the you're the the commissioner of the league. It should be the best investment that's out there. Uh, it is, and no no not only is it the best investment, it's one of the most rarest investments you ever gonna have. Like, think about that. Hey, man, what do you do? I mean, I always see you at the stadium, man. I don't never really see you. Yeah, I own this thing, man. What? Me and like, 29 other yeah, guys. Yeah, I, 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 like, 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 you know, uh, you say Derek Jeter. Yes, Derek Jeter. All-time great Yankee. He bought the, he bought the Miami Marlins to lose money. What is, well, who, was, who was Derek Jeter's best friend? Oh, then, you know, that would be Alex Rodriguez. What he, he's now owns the Minnesota Timberwolves. He showed him how to do it. Why? Because usually when you own, I don't know, in, in MLB franchises, that's forever. Like, <laughs> yes. I, I'm, I'm just saying it's not, hey, man, what are you going to do? Man, I'm thinking about selling a team. To who? For what? Like, that's <laughs> yes. something. And think about this. Most of us, we've owned things like, you know, a car or something. But when you get a chance to sell it, regardless of what you sell it for, everything comes through you. I'm the, this is mine. I will decide what I agree with as far as, like, the terms. Most, when you start saying it's a bad investment, it's like, man, for me forgetting, dude, you know who you represent, right? Like, what are you, what are you, what well, you you're trying talk- to frame it like the owners aren't making this much money and that, hey, we'll make some like concessions. Magic Johnson, but- like Magic Johnson, who owns a part of the Dodgers. Right. Magic Johnson's making that cheese. Do we have to like baseball? Yes and no. Yes, <laughs> because he loves the Dodgers. I mean, so so I, I just think that sometimes, Kevin, it's like this. If That's what I'm saying. If you are if, if you are in that room, you're saying. Whoa. But you're blatantly putting out statements in front of the public that you know are not true. Like, that's or, not true. Or here's the thing, too. You're not even. You're not even talking to the public. You're talking to the media who's like, dude, what are you, who, what are you talking? So let me get this straight. So if they're not making money, why is your salary going up? <laughs> yeah, like, it's I'm, not yeah. going down? Yeah. Why are you showing up to the world saying, hey, man, these two teams, they, these Astros and the Braves, man, they got the suck on these teams. <laughs> I think it's crazy. I think, now, Liberty Media, yeah, they're going to do things a little a little bit different. But like you said, look, man, maybe, like you said, who would have ever thought? hundred some games, or all the home games, they averaging a mil. After after they pay everything, we still got man. I'm t- and that's just the game. I mean, that's after we pay the play. Then the Braves, you know, defend the World Series champs. I, man, all I'm saying is, like I said, there are certain commissioners when they walk out. If you see him, look for the groundhog. Because I'm just telling you, you don't see well, this man. And this is the reason why, Kevin. Because once Kevin, it's almost like listen. I don't even know. It's just that you are the assistant commissioner. I don't know if that's even a thing. And we and you say, Kevin, he's about to walk out. Oh my god. And you look at him and say, don't go off script. Because when you said that about owning them MLBT, that is off script. That is nonsense. Most people won't even be able to even be considered to even own a team. But last time I checked, I don't see nobody selling no team. Yeah. Like, that, that doesn't – I know the Denver Broncos and the uh, and, uh, Yeah, and that the guy's, guy's going to make a grip. So, I mean, uh, it's one of those things where it's just – I can't believe a commissioner put it out there that owning a team is a less profitable venture than just putting money in the stock market because – 
Again, that's obviously not the case, and you're flat lying to everybody out there. Uh, these guys are making cash. These guys are making money. Figure it out at the negotiating table, and let's get to baseball because there's going to be a wild chase here to the start of the baseball season. I was reading somebody else put this out there, uh, Ben. From the moment a deal gets signed, this is what has to happen before you can get to the regular season. Obviously, you have pitchers and, 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 uh, and all the players have to report. You still have 600, or I think you have over 600 free agents who are, I, and one of them being Freddie Freeman. So you've got a couple of guys who are going to get big money deals who are free agents. 600 of them are going to have to get done in the span of a couple of weeks. You can do trades, obviously, inside the span. There's arbitration that has to get done uh, in Major League Baseball. So there's a lot that's going to happen in the span of a couple of weeks. If Major League Baseball, from a PR standpoint, does this right, they're going to be in the news a lot because you'll have a Freddie Freeman. you have big-name guys getting deals in a really short amount of time. Could be uh, you know, the Wild West uh, financially out there for a couple weeks leading up to the start of the season. But, yeah, Rob Manfred, I, I, why anybody has any faith that you say there's going to be good progress this or weekend, that, I, I don't know. That, yeah. Or the fact that, you know, think about how many times every time, you know, you got to run him out there out of he, – he's the one that got, you know, and I – He's the one that got uh, that they selected to be the commissioner out of all the other sure. candidates. It's, which I mean, I'm not, I'm not blaming, but you know how it is, Kevin. It's like every time Rob Manfred come out, you like, you start saying, yourself, "What are you?" He always has a wild moment. Like, what are, <laughs> yeah, what are you, you talking? Like, what are you talking about? No, if 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 me, Kevin, if me, you, Christian, BJ, if we some kind of way we 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 hit the lottery, like we won Buku bucks, like we all won, I don't know, seven eight hundred million dollars a piece, and we say, "Hey, dude, hey," because we're gonna blow a lot of. <laughs> Before, before we blow it all, how about we take, see how much it costs to buy, I don't know, part ownership of the break. We we, we could be the minority owners. Yes. 49%, 51%. I think we'll be like, all right, how much it gonna, it's going to cost us like, I don't know what, $900 million, I don't know. A and lot, we come yeah. up with it. That's forever. Listen, if we do nothing else, like, what do you mean? We hire people to manage it. That's ours. We, you know, we got keys. We got part. Man, Robert, come, Rob, <laughs> come on, man, with the nonsense, yeah. man. I know he tried to say something to get us off the, but come on, man, you can yeah. say some other than that. Yeah, we got uh, more to come. Uh, looking at these commissioners, it's been a, a an interesting couple of weeks for commissioners. We'll get to that when we return. Here's three and out Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, three and out. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're making us a part of your day. We're streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com as well, and on Facebook, Twitter. And YouTube, Christian Gokel is here as well because he's pouting about me not saying his name. It's fine. Yeah, I'm here too. You are here. I'm, I'm with the people as well. I'll ask you again at 435 how you're doing. <laughs> that's the response fair, you'll get. Fair, fair, fair enough. That's, that's the right. response you'll get. <laughs> so, you know, a lot, to, a lot going on, obviously, with the Super Bowl, with the NBA trade deadline, and we just talked about Major League Baseball uh, of course, uh, there been, but uh, you look at the, the commissioner. We kind of poked fun at Rob Manfred there, but who's under more scrutiny here the last couple of weeks? Rob Manfred, because you won't meet with the players, things of that nature, or Roger Goodell. Both have their own issues. Uh, I haven't heard Roger Goodell say, hey, it's a better investment uh, to go in the stock market than owning an NFL team. Haven't heard him say that, but who's having uh, the most scrutiny placed on him here as a commissioner? Of these sports sports leagues, it's it's always going to be Roger Goodell because Roger Goodell, you actually know him. He's actually active. He he talks a lot, and um, he seems to stay on task. But 
I mean, the NFL, I mean, let's just call it what it is. I mean, uh, we I know it's all about the Super Bowl. Jim Trotter, I think, asked him yesterday about their slogan, about, you know, inclusivity and, and uh, you know, di- diversity and all these different things. Roger Goodell understands that, look, man, I am the, I am the you know, uh, the in-between between the players and the owners. And sometimes I'm just a talking piece, man. I got to come out there and say what the owners told me to say. But Roger Goodell gives off the perception that he has more power than he has. Because people are like, man, Roger, Roger, Roger. But – Roger's active. Like, Roger be at games, and you know him when you see him. You don't even know Rob Manfred when you see him. You don't know who he is. I just think that Roger Goodell, at a certain point, Kevin, you ask yourself, dude, like, what do you actually do? Like, I understand that you're the face. You know, you got the, you, 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 you know, you're, you are hired by the owners. You make a lot of freaking money. But we start saying to ourselves, are you just a mouthpiece? Like, can we actually give you, like, can I ask? Are you the call the manager? Or are you the guy that knows the manager? Like what what do what do we do? But I, it's always NFL, uh, Kevin, because this is the number one sport in America. This is the most polarizing sport in America. I mean, I think I think the thing about now, I'm not saying Rob Manfred ain't under ain't under no scrutiny because he is because he's going to be blamed. And I think the reason why he's going to be blamed this time because he almost kind of saved it. But I mean, but, but, but I think see, I actually think it's 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 uh, it's not Roger Goodell. It's Rob Manfred because Roger Goodell. For love and hate him, he gets booed at the draft. He kind of plays into that where he's like, steps out there at the draft, hey, with the number one pick. Is that all you got? Exactly. Is that all you got? Because I think at the end of the day, he knows, look, love me or hate me, I'm out here to push the game and push the product, and we're doing that. And we're making money hand over fist. The owners know we're making money hand over fist. You don't have labor problems uh, at this point. Do you have? Do you not have any problems? No, I think you do have problems. Every league has problems, and certainly Roger Goodell uh, with with equity and inclusion and things of that nature, that is something that has been firmly put on him as the face of the owners. I mean, Rob Roger Goodell does no hiring and no firing unless it's probably with some some uh, positions there in the league office. But he's going to answer for all thirty two owners when it comes to who they hire and who they're putting in positions uh, in in their franchises a lot of times. And so he comes under some of those scrutiny. To me, and he's very polished at doing that. Like you. And people could say, oh, Roger Goodell out there saying the same old thing. We got to do better. Well, what is he supposed to say? That's what he's supposed to say to not say, hey, it's a better investment to go in a stock market than owning an NFL team. No, Rob Manfred continuously steps in it as a commissioner. It's just a hunk of metal. What? If you ever heard Roger Goodell, I mean, I was saying, if you ever heard Roger Goodell step out here and go, man, that Lombardi trophy, I don't know what y'all are so worked up about, man. It's just, it's just a piece Ooh. of metal that looks like a football. Like, no, that's like the culmination of your sport. Like to me, Rob Manfred says stuff like that where you sit back and go, "This is this this is doesn't make any sense." You actively say things that act like you don't support your own game. Yep. Roger Goodell's out there going, "This is the best game ever." Does it have oh, problems? Yeah. I mean, it oh, yeah. doesn't matter what's happening. Oh, Roger, yeah. hey, we're the best league. We got Rob Manfred said it's a hunk of metal. Rob Manfred said statistically, it's a better investment to be in the stock market. Rob, I mean, he's done things that don't make sense for the good of the game. Hey, we'll just put guys out on second base in the tenth inning. What are you doing? Like nobody asked for that. You just did it. So I, I, I think of of all the commissioners. He to me, and I know I'm a baseball guy. You're a football guy, but to me, I look at Roger Goodell and say, does the NFL have issues? Of course they do. Mm-hmm. You have a more polished commissioner though in Roger Goodell, yes. who is able to deliver the message, not say something stupid. Than you do on the Major League Baseball. So I, I mean, is, I'm just is, being is it, for real. I, I mean, even to touch on that, is, is, it, is it because of Rob Manfred, uh, Kevin, like you say, you go, that's just a hunk of metal. You say to yourself, 
Like, how this is really like the thing about Rodman, he's he's tone deaf. Like you be like, dude, like, like you know why you out here, right? It's just call it a hunk of metal. You like because <laughs> think about it. Think about if you're in the media, you're in that room. Like, dude, you messing up my talking points. I want to ask you certain stuff, and then you say stuff. I'm like, what do you mean by that? Roger Goodell, yeah. <clears throat> Roger Goodell, you know, he understands. Look, man, I, I have embraced being the villain. And I think that's I think that's the thing. I think Rob Manfred, he doesn't know how he's perceived because you don't see him that much. And when you do see him, it's almost like he's saying, let me say something crazy to kind of, like, make them think, you know, get them off task. Yeah, dude, but what you're saying don't make no sense. And I, but I always going to, it's always going to be Roger Goodell. And I think it's like Roger Goodell, like, dude, when everything is going good, it's almost like the press conference ain't the same. I'm looking forward to, because in a sense, that's what my bosses are paying me for. They paying me, how do you handle these hard questions? Because we ain't going to answer them. We pay you to deal with it. And he deals with it well. And he doesn't try to hide from it now. Can Roger Goodell get to say some stuff that don't? Listen, I mean, the, the art of the filibuster. Oh, my God. I mean, sometimes he, he's saying a whole bunch of nothing. But I think it's always going to be Roger Goodell, uh, Kevin, because, you know, you talk about growing the game. You talk about the popularity of the game is at an all-time high. You look at, you know, you look at what certain players are doing. But if, if you know, if your slogan is, you know, we serve breakfast all day and I come get some breakfast, oh, we ain't got no breakfast. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, it's like, what? it's like, so I think that's kind of, I think it's more or less like saying one thing with your slogan and kind of showing something different in real time, which Roger Goodell said, listen, man, I got as much control over these owners as these players do. As he's, I, I can't, I can't make them budge, but I, I do, I think it's always going to be Roger Goodell. I think he, I think, you know, when he took over for Paul Tagliabue, I mean, he has helped take the game to some crazy, some crazy le- levels. And I think you almost expect him to kind of deal with it. It's like, all right, here, here come Roger Goodell. Just happens to be around Super Bowl time. So he like, it's, hey, man, I, I'll, I'll take all the publicity. Because Rob Manfred, I just, I just, sometimes I'd be like, do you know who you are, right? Like, yeah, you are the commissioner of baseball. Telling people it's not good, it's better. better yeah, but be like, like, but, but you at, at your about? core, you are, I mean, again, that's not what you're hired for. But at the core, you are the face of the league. And by yes. the league, I mean the game, mm-hmm. right? You are you are out there to work for the owners, but your number one job is to put a positive spin on the game, right? And I know you're in a labor negotiation and in things of that nature. You're like you're trying to frame it where it's the players who aren't going to accept whatever y'all put out there on uh, on Saturday. And you said, hey, we've already made some concessions, DH. You know, which again, the DH, I hate it, but that is, come on, in the grand scheme of things, that is a minor concession. Like everybody already knew that that was going to be a thing, so. I think you're trying to frame the issue, but to come out and be like, you know, like we're, we're out here really struggling, man. It's like, no, 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 you're not. Are you making as much as you would have liked? Maybe not, oh, but yeah. you're still making more oh, you, oh, than you what make, you oh, still. Oh, than, you, oh, you are definitely not in yeah, the red. Yeah, you're, you're, you are still you are still making more than a, a, rag, a regular investment in the stock market over the same time. Like, do not kid yourselves uh, about that. So, just one of those things where it's like, it seems like Gary Bettman used to be the guy with the NHL. People are like, man, Gary Bettman might be the worst commissioner out there. He's he's got a game. You got you got hockey on the golf channel. You got it's like, what are you doing to grow that sport? Now hockey's kind of come back around, and I think Rob Manfred has taken his place. You don't hear anybody talking about how bad hockey is or anything like that. I mean, Adam Silver, Adam Silver might be the least controversial amongst the players and owners, uh, G, uh, GM, uh, commissioner. commissioner that we've seen. Uh, Adam Silver seems to be pretty straightforward doing this and that. Roger Goodell, I'll embrace the hate, but we got the best game, and I'm gonna I'm gonna beat yep, my chest about that. Rob Manfred, I was like, I, I just I've not seen a commissioner that comes out 
and not belittles the game, but just doesn't talk it up and just kind of downplays everything uh, around the game. And you're like, what? What? What are you doing? Like, what are you like for all? For I'm saying, but for all yeah. of his faults, like people look at Bud Selig and they'll say, Bud, man, you you let an All Star game in in a tie. Bud Selig was an owner of a team that became the commissioner of baseball. The owners put him in there to be the commissioner of baseball. Was he the best? Maybe not. But the dude loved the game of baseball and was doing things to try to encourage that growth. Now, you could say maybe he turned a blind eye while they were hitting bombs and juicing up out of their brains. Okay. But he also tried to clean some of that up uh, at the end of the day. Maybe he was complicit and cleaned it up at the end of the day. I think he did some good things to help the game. I don't know that Rob Manfred helps the game of baseball at all, at any turn. we got to step aside. we got more to come here. It's three and out. All across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, three and out on this Thursday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Glad you are with us. Reminder coming up tomorrow, we'll have our big Valentine's Day giveaway just in time for Valentine's. So, five o'clock tomorrow, Christian Gokel tells me we're going to give it away here on the show. So, looking forward to it. Yeah, Kevin, tomorrow at five o'clock, we're going uh, to okay. give it away. That inside and more, Christian Gokel. No, I'm excited. Come on. Down, yeah, we got. No, I will. Say, no, 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 Christian. I mean, Christian. I'm, I'm not going. I'm not going. No, no, spoil the festivities tomorrow. But, fellas, man, I will say this: we have y'all have come out, you know, in ways y'all trying to get that swag back. But I will <laughs> tell you this: if you do indeed win, I don't know if that puts pressure on us moving forward to Valentine's to come up with something better. But if you do win, man, uh, you know, congratulations to all the, uh, you know, all the participants that that called in. To Absolutely. List. It's very, very long. So we had some finalists, and we called them, and we had them read, or I should say read. They read. Speak. Yes. And tell us about how they met their significant other. <laughs> okay. Some people just came on here was like, straight up, sorry, Target. She saw me at Target. You know the deal. And then some guys were like, I was. Did you meet in that dollar aisle? Well, it's an, another guy. I don't know <laughs> if they have a dollar aisle at Target. They do. Uh, no, no, no. Okay, come. Look, you're not married, so you, 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 it doesn't count, Christian. Wait, why do I you, have to be married? To because, 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 no, 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 I'm going to explain to you. I'm going to explain to you. Because you are married, and you, you. And you will go to Target, and you're like, I'm here for this. Be lied to it and get out. That's how I do it. There's no but you dollar. Go, yes, there is. There's not when a, you When you go into Target, right there when you first walk in, they got two or three little mini aisles. It's all the, like, special little knick-knack things that... Are people, my wife gets junk stuff out of there all the but time. But it's not a dollar. Yo, some of it is. But it's not a, a dollar. A lot of it aisle. is. Well, that's what I call it. That's not the argument. It's the knickknack aisle. That's not the argument. You said there's a dollar aisle like the damn Dollar Tree at Target. <laughs> I'm, all I'm saying is, I mean, look. A lot of it is. Go in there and, and, I will and check say, it out. Okay, the Falcons I, I, have a Super Bowl, according to me. Like, per me, no. the Falcons have a Super Bowl. <laughs> See how that doesn't work because it's not true? No, it is true. The Falcons have a Super Bowl? No, they're okay. stuck in a huge dollar problem. aisle there right, as you walk in front of the target. <laughs> also, I, I know this, fellas. Uh, you know, if you don't win, I'm just saying, I, I'm rooting for everybody. <sighs> be prepared to get on out there and, you know, do what you plan B will oh, be in full no. effect. Oh, no. You if think you don't that, win. It. You think there's somebody out there that's just banking on this? Yeah, of, co- of course. Absolutely. Oh, no. I mean, I mean, why would I put, look, I said, I got two shots in it. I mean, like, like we've had people no. call back. No, no. We've had if people. We have not we, called you by now. No. No, we've had people that called in multiple times. Like, can I enter in more than once? No, we already got you. So we, we got your name. We got your number. We'll let you know. I'm, no, it, it, I, you know, we hope they win it. But if plan B is in full effect, I mean, the weekend is is, is, is upon us after tomorrow. Uh, if you're already looking or if you're just now starting to look for reservations. Thank you. I got it. Okay. From my wife at the Target, she said, quote, 
It used to be called the Dollar Spot. Thank you very much. <laughs> Amy, I love you. You're wrong. You're wrong. There's no She's dollar not wrong. target. There's no dollar alley target. We have five seconds. Grow up, bro. I'm not, you're going to tell me I'm wrong? Come on. Hour two here on three and out. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're making this a part of your day. We'll hear from Chris Canty. Super Bowl winning defensive end with the New York Giants. Now ESPN radio personality. You can hear him each and every day here on ESPN radio. He will join us and we will talk Super Bowl with him coming up this hour. Also in the final hour, Arnold Harrison, former George Bulldogs, Super Bowl champ with the Steelers. He will hop in here on three and out. We're talking Super Bowl with him as well. But first, fellas. Do you want to, do you want to talk about it first of all? Do you want to talk I about it? I mean, I think this is just going to go down a rabbit hole if neither one of us was wrong. And neither one of us <laughs> no, was wrong either. I will say this. You were technically correct. There's Thank some you. sort of weird thing. And I, I don't even know because I couldn't find anything where Target actually officially listed as this. But there is some sort of weird cult called the dollar spot. And and I think that's what Amy said. So I'll say yes. Amy's right because you called it an aisle. You're still wrong. But I went to the crazycouponlady.com. Is that and a she, thing? And she had a list. Is that really of, a thing? She had a list of the best items you can buy in the, quote, dollar spot. Here's the problem, Kevin. Everything was $5. So right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There technically is a dollar spot at Target You're right, yeah. that doesn't have anything for sale for a dollar. <laughs> That's but, not right. true. They do have some. Carry, carry on. All right. Take three. Here we go. You want to read the questions? Or I mean, you, I guess. You just want to chastise me for the rest of the segment. I'm pissed off about take three. But <laughs> That's fine. We're going to get to that. Go ahead. We're going to get to that. All right, take one. With the Universal DH getting approved, and you guys all better answer this correctly. Yes. Are you going to miss pitcher sitting? No. What? No. I, Come no. on. Because this is the problem. What? I mean, I don't want to butcher his name. What's old boy name for the Angels? Shohei. Shohei Otani. That, that, the problem. He's an outlier. He's about as big of an outlier you ever you ever gonna see in your life. Like he, I don't think he could do anything. If he played catcher, he'll probably be you know the best catcher in baseball. No. The thing about the thing now are there are there. Are there uh, pitches that can hit? Yeah. But once again, it's still a rarity. Like, are they just hacking at that thing because they have to go out there? Or, you know, Kevin, is it one of those things where Kevin goes, let's just call it what it really is. Kevin goes, listen, all I had left, all I got to deal with the fact that David Ortiz is the only freaking guy that goes into the MIB Hall of Fame. Right? He no, has, he's not the only guy. Well, well yeah. you know, he has promoted laziness. Let's just call <laughs> it what not. it is. Right? <laughs> now, my good old National League, all I had left, That's all right. I had left, you took it from me. You took it. So no, I mean, and, and I think the pitchers like you know the pitchers like look man, I did it because I had to do it, not because I wanted to do it. I'm not gonna miss it, even though you know some of those guys are you know look, you know you know uh, do have pretty good play prayers. Of course, uh, I'm gonna miss it. There's no again. <laughs> there are certain things that are devastating in sports, like when an offensive lineman catches a touchdown pass on you, like that's that 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 hurts. Like when the twelfth guy on the bench in basketball comes off and just starts. Knocking down threes like Steph Curry, that hurts. In Major League Baseball, when Max Fried steps in and just rakes one to the fence, that hurts because you were banking on it being an out. You were sitting there, oh, we got it. Crunch, double in the gap. Max Fried just just took your soul. I, 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 I enjoy it. Plus, I think from a strategy standpoint, if we're going to do this universal DH, I, I mean, if the players want to be real, I can probably get by with 10 position players. I don't need a bench. Give me a backup catcher, and I'm good, right? Because you're not going to sub. 
Like in Major League Baseball, you, in the National League, you double switch. You see guys that come in uh, to pinch hit for the pitcher. Gets, Do I take my pitcher that out gets now? It's real dangerous all of a sudden if somebody pulls a hammy, though. I understand that, but, I, but my point being is on a day-to-day basis, once you turn in the starting lineup in an American League game, all you're doing is swapping pitchers at that point. That's it. That's all you're doing. And, I, again, I just think this is something that removes some of the strategy uh, from the game. Kind of like the three, the pitcher must face three batters kind of thing. Like, I get it. That's part of strategy as well. But I also feel like, look, if you got all these pitchers out there, as a manager, it should be my right when I put them in a game. If I want to use them here for one batter and I run out of pitchers, well, that's your fault. No, I like that one. So, we like the three batter minimum? I do. There, nothing was more tedious than watching the guys in the playoffs. Like one guy, and then they. I switch, really hated on the MLB the show, then, though. I must say, I want to. And then they switch. Yeah, that's right. But no, they put one guy out there, and then they switch, and then they switch which hitter's going to be out there, and then they have to switch the pitcher again. You can get that the hell out of here. It well, takes you like forty minutes to get one at bat. I'm good. I like that, but anyway, yeah, I will miss pitchers getting hit because I think there are a few things as devastating in all of sports as a pitcher getting a rope off of you. Well, now, like I think, and you did see some guy because everybody's like, "Oh, you want to see a pitcher hit 050? I mean. There's a couple of guys on each team that are actually decent Bro, at it. Max like Max Free, Max Free was rake. hitting over 200, and so it's like, I mean, he's technically hitting better than uh, than Camargo, uh, uh, Johan Camargo. Yeah. So I mean, it's like, damn, yeah. we're taking shots at Johan. I'm sorry. Come on, trade while the value's high, Johan. And I know nobody really <laughs> cares, but I also think this is officially like the end of bunting in baseball too. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that go out the window with that because you have a guy like in the Braves case. You know, I, I do think it does add intrigue because if there was no DH, do the Braves bring back Jorge Soler? Do they bring back uh, Ozuna when he when he comes back uh, in this thing? And they may not bring back Ozuna for other reasons. But, I mean, I think there are certain guys you could say, you wouldn't be on the roster unless the DH is here. And so I think that changes some of the strategy and how you put together the roster as well. So I will miss it. I'll get over it. Don't sit there and call me a baseball purist crybaby. I'll get over it. But... I will miss the pitchers and the no, strategy no, no, that comes no, with. No, this is what no, this is what keeps listen. Kevin is a Kevin is a little league baseball coach. Kevin, but listen, pitchers hit. Okay, I don't want to hear that crap. Now, if you're on like, the coach, team, you I'm like coach. <laughs> I'm good. All right. No, no, this is MLB. Okay, I'm just saying. No, I, I I will say this. I mean, you knew it was coming, right? As soon as they instituted it, because once again, going back to the pandemic year, I said they're gonna keep it in, man. They're gonna keep it in. To Kevin, like I already know. You know, Kevin is not into promoting laziness. Go out there and hit your Go baseball out there and play. player. Stop being, stop being. It's gonna be funny as hell the first time you have like a season start <laughs> where you have like a pitcher on the mound, and then the next inning his spot in the rotation comes up, and you're like, "What are you doing?" He's like, I'm a pitcher, coach. I don't hit. I'm sitting on the and bench. And then Kevin quits coaching. All right, take two. <laughs> are you watching the Winter Olympics? <sighs> oh. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. I'm not gonna be one of the ones. Oh, you and PJ just not watching any. No, 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 no. Not supporting your country. I don't know. I, I, I will. I will say this. I mean, you know, I don't. I don't get a bunch of TV watching in these days. You know, uh, you know. Anyway, but if I catch something, Christian, if I catch something intriguing, if it catches my eye, I'm gonna stick to it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Like I did see. I mean, I did see the one guy. Uh, he used like his friend as a prop. Like he used like his friend as, as he did some old crazy X Games looking stuff out there. I don't even know how he did that with the backflip. So yes, if I catch something that catches my eye, Kevin and Christian, I will watch it. But to say that I'm you know setting my timer, my reminder, hey man, you know the half pike is coming up tonight. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not gonna sit here and lie to myself and act like I am doing it. But if I do catch something that catches my eye, I will. I will. You know, uh, stay tuned. Yeah, I will say I have not been 
not and again, there's only a few events that I really would like get into, like short track speed skating. I do like watching the luge and stuff like that. Like I can't watch it, but for about you know ten or fifteen minutes, I'm like, okay, I'm good. Um, but no, I haven't been watching. I've 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 been fairly busy away from the office. So I, we mean it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Plus, I have you know you somebody named point. Christian and and uh, Cody Queen hitting me up saying, "Hey, again, I need you to get again, on the Xbox." Two screens, sir. I don't have two screens. All right, but that being said, you guys are missing the point here. The point is, you could do a drywall hanging competition. No, right? You have five dudes sitting there and they got their hammer and they got their nails because we're not allowed to use electronics in the drywall hanging competition, right? You got your hammers, your nails, and you got your pieces of drywall and you got to hang those up clean, mud them, sand them, right? Doesn't sound overly interesting. You slap USA See, I on the front of that, I'm into it. Thousand percent watching it, screaming as they're putting it up. Get the level! This has been long been my contention for BJ with like the World Cup. He's you like, gotta put the nails in your mouth! He's like, He's like, do you watch? Do you do you watch the world? And I say, no, I don't watch soccer at all. And he's like, so do you pull for so Team USA? So and I'm like, no, no I don't because okay. I don't care if they win or not. Like, I really don't. It's okay. It's okay to not love America. No, I, I do love America, <laughs> but I just don't. Like I said, if I'm not watching, you can. T- I don't know if they won or not because I'm not watching. It's okay. To so not it's care like about, whatever. Yeah, it's okay to not care about America. It's okay. If if we lost the drywall competition, I'd be like, oh, yeah, geez. A lot of, I mean, a lot of people uh, in the world don't care about America. I didn't say they care about America. I just said I'm not. I don't watch soccer. If they win, that's fine. If they don't, whatever. It's like I'm. I'm not tied to it just because it says USA on it. I don't. I'm not watching it. It's okay. Listen, keep in the book. I've been on here actually saying this carries across our things because because BJ threw it to me for the the World Baseball Classic, that contrived preseason tournament. Do people like it? Yes. Do I care if America wins? Not necessarily. I have actually said. If there's a Braves member on team whatever, I hope that team loses so they can get off that junk and get back to the Braves. You don't think I'm standing in front of my TV with hands <laughs> on knees, staring, staring as we prepare for our long jumps? I'm, I'm sure. For our luge, I'm into it. For mm-hmm. our alpine skiing, let's get after it. Sean White's an American hero. Curling is one of the most stressful, intense sporting events I've yeah. never you got to sweep, you gotta sweep like nobody's skating, business. Speed skating. I told PJ this. It's basically NASCAR with knives. <laughs> I do like watching I mean, that. Like, it is. Like I said, I do enjoy watching. But speed curling, skating. though, I mean, these dudes got these dudes got elite wrist action. What, what, like the quicker picker upper type dudes? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 my they guys are out swim. there. My guys are out there gliding on the ice, gliding <laughs> on the ice in some dockers. But I got the whole. No, no, no. This is what I don't get though. I mean. Make, It'd be too much worse when this guy right here, man, uh, growing up. Well, it's like golfing and act. It's like, yeah, but I'm just like, but the the one guy got to hold it. It's hold it, hold it, hold it. Oh my God. That just, all right. I mean, so Christian is like, it's USA. You slap USA on it. I'm with it. I don't care. I don't care what the event is. It could be a, it could, I don't care about like food eating competitions, but if you don't think I'm rooting for my guy (laughs) with USA across Uh, his chest, you're out your mind. All right. Take three. This is just such a, BS question. It's not. It's no, a legitimate, Kevin, it's Kevin, an important no, question Kevin, that no, America Kevin, needs no, to know. They don't because the world does not exist in shades of black it and does, white. It does it on exists, take three. It exists in shades of gray. All right? Take three, it is. Shades of gray. Take two. Don't, don't fall a, into the BJ it's, Bennett it's, trap of, well, it's, take it's, a little bit of this. A little bit. No, pick one. I'm not going to. Uh, but Kevin's making you for some weird reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, pizza or wings for the Super Bowl? What? If you had to pick one oh for the God, Super Bowl, what, what is it? 
I what is this? Some one? like lame end of the year elementary school party? I'll get. <laughs> I don't know. I'll get. I'll get with the fruit tray and all that. I'll get. I don't know. Pizza with wings on the top of it. Wings. I mean, you know what? Look, because. God, if I got to pick one. I figured one, Ben would be like I, I, 100% wings. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, oh, I, yeah. I, I will say this. I'll give a quick story uh, real quick on, on this. So when I was in, uh, when I was living in New Jersey, uh, you know, uh, my better half wanted to order pizza from the Super Bowl. So I go, sure you want to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got people coming over, go order pizza. I go, you sure you want to order pizza or do you just want to go to the store and get pizza and we just make it in the oven? No, 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 I'm just going to order it. So, you know, couldn't talk her out of it. I said, all right, let's order some pizza. We ordered about like 10 pieces. Now, mind you, the pizza hut is like down the street from my house. We live on a long, like, street. We Down the street. We say on like 55th Street, it's on like 95th. You just got to drive down those those blocks. I go down there. I said, I'm just, you know, okay, I'll go get the pizza. This is when, um, uh, this is when um, uh, Russell Wilson, Legion of Boom, Seattle right. versus the uh, Broncos. The game that was over in the yeah. first five so, minutes. Oh, my, yeah. Mind you, but mind you, where I lived at in Jersey, East Rutherford wasn't that far from my house. So I can see MetLife Stadium. Check this out. I'm so close. So I said, all right, man, I'll be back. It's finna get ready. I should be back before, you know, kickoff. I'm inside. That's why I hear, oh, but they, they, they hide it over his head. Oh, my goodness. I'm like this. <laughs> How long the ladies go? Oh, you know, it should be about 10 minutes. <laughs> She's about 20 minutes. She's about 30 minutes. Listen, listen, mind you, and I kid you not, I am there. The whole, I miss the Super Bowl. I miss the whole thing, waiting on this freaking pizza. And when I finally get a pizza, I finally get back to, you know, to the crib. Everybody goes, dude, where you been? What you, what you mean where I been? But I, I, for me, though, I'm a wing. I love pizza. But I, I'm a wing guy. I got to pick. I'm going to go with wings because obviously you can get a lot of varieties with pizza. But I'm just saying, I could just eat wing. I could just wing at the wing at the wing at the wing. So for me, if I got to pick. Sorry, pizza. I love you, but I gotta go with wings. I'm gonna go pizza. I love pizza. I, 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 you guys know me. I'm, I, I like chicken wings, but I'm not one of those that like I crave chicken wings. So give me a good pizza for the Super Bowl, and I'm good. I like the especially kind of because weird. if you're going for volume, <laughs> if you're going for volume in the Super Bowl, make it thin crust so I don't just load up on dough. Make it a good thin crust. Uh, pizza for Super Bowl. I'm I'm all about it. You're also some kind of weird sadist that makes people choose between the two. Oh, that, for this, this exercise, no no no, I no, 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 no. At your house on Sunday, what's going to be out? Um, Are you making your family choose? Is like, is this what this is? I'm sure. That I'm, I'm probably going to say there'll be pizza there. Are you, but you're making them choose right now. This is what this is. Well, if my son had to choose, we'd probably have chicken wings there. See, why are you making your kids choose? Why because he don't both? pay. Why can't they have both? If my son's paying the bill, then he can choose whatever we want. Eli, Rhett, if y'all are listening to this right now. Go get that money out no, no, there. No, no, we'll no, have no, all no, the no, wings no, you want. No, 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 no. <laughs> Eli, Rhett, if you're listening to this right now. And you I guys, pull the dad If you guys want some chicken wings on Sunday, you guys just tell me, and I will have DoorDash <laughs> deliver wings to your home because I don't know what kind of sadistic no mom likes to mean <laughs> kind of father you have but I care about you and I love you guys mom I want you to have chicken wings, wings no, no, on Super Bowl Sunday if, if DoorDash pull up with the wings they go, oh we got the wings and Kevin goes no 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 daddy must check these first so just <laughs> let's taste test them and I had to leave, I had to eat at least two from each oh we got different flavors. but don't again like people you have yelled at me a couple of times for pulling the dad card Ben knows about like if you're Kids are like ever in a situation where like you really want something to eat, and the kids like I want to go over here, and you look no. at me and just go, "You paying?" No. If you're paying, they're like, "Well, huh? You mean I have to pay?" It's like that. Well, somebody's got to pay. No, I like the little. If girl. it's gonna be dead, he's I like eat the little girl in the in the 
taco shell commercial where they're like, you want soft shell or hard shell? And she goes, why not both? Like, that's, that's, that's kind of how I feel. All right, Kevin. So if your kids want some damn wings on Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday, Eli, Rhett, if you're listening to me, reach out. No, I, I, Send I, I, a smoke I, I signal. Say, no, I will say this. I will say this. I will get y'all some wings. This is, this is, this is, what this flavor y'all like? This is pre-father Christian. I'm not saying Christian going to have kids anytime soon. That's not what I'm saying. But Christian, it, whenever you do decide to have children, bring in another. Because he's going to look just like you because you look just like your dad, you know. This is what's gonna happen. You think you're not trying to do these things, like like we we we're, we're really cool people, but something happens. Kids get to coming at you. I'm not driving start, all yeah, over. Yeah, for like, yeah, I don't wake up in the morning. This is a problem. I, we don't wake up in the morning plotting against them. They wake up every day plotting yeah. against us. They are trying to do something, but I gotta let them know. I shut it down. Not doing it. This is what we're eating. If you're not, as my as my mom would say, well, listen, we got food. So if you don't eat, that means you're not hungry. Cause we got something. It's just not be to your liking. But. If you if you really thinking about doing DoorDash, you know I give you my address. If that's what you're doing this weekend. I'll take some. Yeah, this. <laughs> but Ben, I'm you not, don't have you don't have some sort of maniacal. No, 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 no. But, Father. But, yeah, yeah, but, but Kevin, listen. I but don't Kevin, even know if I was to say father. I'm maybe, not looking to be an afternoon maybe, with look. No, saying I want to get pizza and well, then go get wings. Like I'm not wanting to ride in the car with BJ where I got to go to like 13 well, different places, oh bro. So, Kevin, do you know how many spots you can get wings and pizza from? I the same damn Spot. I understand that. Now, the one argument I'll hear is wings are pretty damn expensive right now. They are. They are. I'm about but, to say. But I will say nuggets? this. I will say this. For my service industry people, it is not the restaurant's fault. It is those price gouging chicken dealers. It is not the restaurant's fault. Before this segment ends, what you really got to say, Christian, are you getting them real wings? Or this nonsense we be talking about no, now? No, they, they want the, the, the bone in it if you're going to get it. Oh, yeah. I, not, I didn't say we get them chicken nuggets. <laughs> bone in a traditional, man. No, you, y'all, want, y'all want flats or drums. That's the only question. Yeah. Ranch or blue cheese? Lemon I mean, pepper oh, or buffalo? Oh, why we own the flats or drums? Oh, flats. I'm like, about to say. You know, straight up. One bite. Oh, right? drums all the time. <laughs> Kevin, what the hell? <laughs> Your opinion doesn't matter because you don't like. <laughs> oh, drums. Absolutely. Your opinion doesn't matter, though. Because you don't it's, like wings. No, hundred percent. No, one bite on the flats, though, and like insert. I know. I, 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 do, the, uh, I do. I do. I, I mean, I've seen people do the twist and the pull. No, I no, just, no, no. I'm just like put it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I put take it. Yeah, yeah. It comes out clean. Yeah, comes out clean. Yeah, it comes out clean. Yes. You know, I'm. I'm just saying. Make eye contact with Kevin while you do it too. I, I don't. I don't like eating. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> wings with people though. Like you know, they don't really know how to eat when they think because I bit it a couple times. So do you see all that meat alone that man? Oh yeah, no, those suck the bone. We call those weak people. <laughs> weak-minded. They people. would not survive the apocalypse. I, I ate some wings with more weak-minded people today. Why? Got all this you got to get in there. The <laughs> Christian's, Christian's <laughs> out here playing the Squid Game with no, chicken wings. There can't be one. There can, have you ever seen Squid Game? Because this has like zero. No, I'm saying it was like, hey, you don't finish <laughs> that. Uh, it's like I'm not often people. <laughs> you said they're weak. But, they must be eliminated. No, they're, just their weakness will eliminate themselves. <laughs> Darwinism, but you know there, there can't be can't be any ligaments left on that bone. <laughs> that's he, take three. I think take the bone and you make some some bone broth out of it. Yeah, that's take three, or take fifteen if you are uh, are counting wings. Eli, Rhett, hit me up. I got some wings for you. Oh, uh, Amy already put in their order for him. All right, I got another one. We're good. All right, y'all need some wings. Mild order, know. mild mild for the uh, the older one. Okay, no sauce, straight up. I don't know why he doesn't do sauce. All right, because he's a little weird. Damn. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I can talk about my own children like that. Ben knows. Like, look. Now you call them weird. We're going to have to go is, out and go is. step outside. Listen, exactly. I'm just going to make this comparison. Your kids are Matt Stafford. Yep. You're the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I'm the Rams, guys. Exactly. <laughs> They're trying to get over to the Rams so they can win the Super Bowl. That's right. Let's take three. We're coming back. Chris Candy will join us in about 15 minutes.
Good to have you back here on this Thursday, here on 3 and Out. Appreciate Chris Candy joining us here on the program. Super Bowl winning defensive end with the Giants, now with ESPN Radio. And again, appreciate him joining us here on the show. And uh, we've talked about a number of these matchups with him and on the show, uh, Ben, as well. One we haven't talked about, Sean McVay against Zach Taylor. Sean McVay obviously was the, the greatest thing since sliced bread a couple years ago. Uh, when he took the Rams to the Super Bowl, and then they scored three points uh, in the Super Bowl. Now you go to Cincinnati, and if you say Zach Taylor to people, Ben, people will be like, didn't he play linebacker for the Dolphins? No, that was Zach Thomas and Jason Taylor. Zach Taylor is the head coach of the Bengals, and a relatively unknown, I would say unknown. I mean, he's one of 32 head coaches, but mm-hmm. by and large, I think if you went up to most people and just said, Zach Taylor, NFL, Where's the most people be like? Uh, no, he's the head coach of the Bengals. How do you think their rep changes? I mean, if Zach Taylor gets a Super Bowl ring, does he instantly become one of the league's best coaches, or is he like, yeah, you coach a team with a lot of talent that won the Super Bowl? How do you think that changes for either one of these guys if they win the Super Bowl? I think Sean McVay needs to uh, win the Super Bowl because it validates uh, him being that young offensive guru. I think that's what. That's the big reason why he got hired, Kevin. I mean, with his, uh, being young, being one of the youngest coaches to ever become a head coach, uh, being that offensive, uh, you know, being that offensive guru with a lot of these teams tend to go with they usually either go with the offensive mind, defensive mind. Zach Taylor would be more kind of like a Doug Peterson, you know, because uh, when Doug Peterson, I think Doug Peterson when he got hired, I think he came from high school. I think when he got the head coach's job with the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think the difference, in, I think the difference in with a Zach with a Zach Taylor and a, and a, uh, and a Sean McVay, Zach Taylor, as you mentioned. Came out of nowhere. Like, he w- did not have a winning record until this year. Um, was able to put it all together. And it's more, to me, it's 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 who you do it with, not just that you do it. I mean, doing it with Cincinnati, that's – the Cincinnati Bengals out of every team in the National Football League got a chance to win the Super Bowl. Who was their coach? Who was they, who was they, you know, who was their quarterback? And so on and so forth. So I do think Zach Taylor is – because the whole – now, uh, Sean McVay has proved to say, hey, man, I got staying power. I did it with Jared Goff. We only scored three points, but now I'm back. Matthew Stafford, no, uh, no Robert Woods, but you add Cooper Cup because Robert Woods played in the last one. He's hurt. Now you get Cooper Cup, but I do think if Zach Taylor does it, people gonna start reevaluating how they start looking at coaching hires because they're gonna start saying, "Well, do I want a young offensive mind, or do I want a guy that understands today's athletes coming into the league out of college? Can you get the best out of these guys really, really early?" And I know sometimes Kevin, you know, sometimes guys peak early, like extremely early. Hey, man, we went to the Super Bowl in our second year. Jamar Chase first year. Did you go back? So I do think that Zach Taylor uh, is the more curious case because Sean McVay has been doing it. You know, they've been – so and, we'll and see. And that's, it. that's the reason I asked that because it was, is it the – when Andy Reid got one with Kansas City, that was the validator. Like, hey, yeah. we already knew you were mm-hmm. a great coach and you got it. Pete Carroll, great coach, you got it. I'm trying to think of an example of a guy that went to the Super Bowl and won it where people weren't like, yeah, this – this kind of makes sense. This is kind of weird to have a guy second year get there and you're saying, would that instantly? I mean, he would be one of a handful of guys <coughs> active to have a Super Bowl uh, win to their resume. Does that mean he's among the league's best coaches automatically simply because you have that Super Bowl? And I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just asking the question because we've never really seen a guy just kind of pop on a scene and all of a sudden Cincinnati's here. Like, they want a, they want a playoff game for the first time in 30 years and now they're in the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, they have great players, but does that, in your mind, put Zach Taylor up there amongst the league's best coaches? Yes, it has to. 
Because he's doing something that most coaches won't even can't even fathom. Most coaches that are even good coaches, they make the playoffs. They're not going. They're not going to play in the conference championship game. They're definitely not going to a Super Bowl. <laughs> um, but yes, it has to because you look at you. I, I keep using Doug Peters. Doug Peters is back as the head coach now. New head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're giving him a young quarterback, obviously. Trevor Lawrence. Can he do? Can he do for a Jaguars franchise? Essentially, what he do for a Philadelphia Eagles. Now, even though Philadelphia Eagles is very, very storied. They had to get over that hump of winning that Super Bowl. Didn't do it with Jaws. Didn't do it, obviously, uh, you know, with Donovan McNabb. Didn't do it with Carson Wentz. Did it with Nick Foles, even though Carson Wentz uh, was the start of that season. I think it's going to change the way in which they look at coaching. Now, Kevin, if you are, if it is Cincinnati, you're going to start saying, look, do we give these young upstarts an opportunity? I think the best – I mean, because the thing about it is, I mean, I think a Sean McVay is kind of in a situation. You know, when I say the Rams are stored, I just mean throughout, throughout like, history, obviously – uh, they won uh, the Super Bowl when they were then the St. Louis Rams, not the L.A. Rams, even though they started off in L.A., went to St. Louis, went back to L.A., went back to St. Louis, now they're back. I think that Sean McVay is in more of a situation like a Mike Tomlin because if you do it, they expect that they expect you to kind of – because, Kevin, we don't see no 10-, 15-year coaches anymore. Now, I'm not saying the Rams or a story franchise like the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know uh, I sit right here in front of our own P.J. Zuko. Like, I'm just saying from a – Cincinnati is a slot filler in the NFL. They're not the storied franchise, in my opinion. The Rams have more of a it's more of a storied franchise, even if they ain't got the longevity of winning championships. So Sean McVay is to say, hey man, we want to stick with a certain type of coach. Or Zach Taylor could be like, look, man, you give me some players through the draft, you give me a couple of years, and maybe we can get you there. Because I think Joe, Joe Burrow got a shot to be one of the faces of the league if he wins it. And just like a Ben Rosenberger, Ben Rosenberger went to an AFC championship his rookie year, lost to the Broncos, um, came back the next year, won, uh, won the Super Bowl for Jerome Bettis in his hometown of Detroit. So I, I just think that it is a, it is a totally different because one guy's like you won't know, like like Sean McVay being in Los Angeles kind of makes it so that he can go out there and coach because he doesn't have to stress everybody else. Like he's in LA, no one really knows him like that. Like it ain't the Lakers, it ain't you know the Dodgers, it ain't the there's, Angels. There's two. Teams in exactly. LA for, for, for the NFL. Exactly. Yeah. So I think with Sean McVay, I think with Cincinnati, what else do they have? Like I know they got the Reds and different things. I know they got you know the Bearcats who made it to the college football playoff this year. But Zach Zach Taylor represents a, a you know when you when you you know when you giving game balls to local businesses like that's how much it means you know to Cincinnati to the you know to the uh, to the city of Cincinnati. So for me, Zach Taylor is the one Kevin who needs it. And 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 the NFL ain't gonna say this. The NFL wants it to be Cincinnati because they got a they got an upstart coach with a younger player in, you know, Joe Burrow. We'll see what happens, but I do think Zach Taylor has uh has more on the line because, well, they don't really they won their first road playoff game in the history of the team this year, and that that, that prepared them to the Super Bowl. So I think Zach Taylor got a little bit more on the line. Gonna be like I said, I'm just interested to see how that narrative changes if he comes out as a Super Bowl champion. We've got more to come here, three and out, all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you along here, three and out on this Thursday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're making us a part of your day. Coming up in the final hour, we'll hear from Arnold Harrison, former Georgia Bulldogs, Super Bowl champion with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. He'll join us. Of course, today's the NBA trade deadline. Been a wild day. Ben, haven't seen the Hawks make any moves. A lot of, a lot of rumor, a lot of smoke. I thought maybe they would. They have. To my, just was looking again. Haven't seen him them. Uh, make any uh, moves there at the uh, the trade deadline. We'll get to uh, some of that coming up in the final hour of the program in Major League Baseball. Saying, hey, our next proposal coming up on Saturday to the players when we meet 
We feel good about it. Should you feel good about it? We'll get to that coming up in just a little bit as well. Well, Kevin, I mean, listen, a lot to talk to. I mean, a lot to talk about. I mean, yeah, the NBA used the trade deadline as a means to go out there and get it done. And the worst commissioner in of all commissioners <laughs> had to make an appearance today. Yeah, uh, talk to the owners. We'll get to that final hour. Good to have you here. Three and out on this Thursday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. We will hear from Arnold Harrison here in the final hour of the program, former Georgia Bulldog and Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He'll join us. We'll talk Super Bowl with him. Also, the NBA trade deadline uh, taking place a little bit earlier today. We'll hit the very latest with that. But Rob Manfred made an appearance today. Uh, Ben, talking uh, on behalf of Major League Baseball and uh, the owners, he said, look, we're going to have a proposal coming up on Saturday. We're set to meet with the Players Association. We think it's a good deal. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. And I guess the players will think their deal's a good deal, too. So we think it's a good deal. We've conce- we've conceded uh, and agreed to a universal DH. We've agreed to uh, removing the draft pick compensation. If a guy signs with another team, you don't get draft compensation for allowing a good player, or I say allowing, or having a good player sign uh, with another team. And they're expected to do this on Saturday. Rob Manfred said, I'm not worried about the season starting on time. I believe we're in good place and we have a good deal, i.e. setting the stage for when they reject it. What? Now we're not playing because of y'all. No, it's us that are locking the players out, but don't let that distract you. They they didn't agree to it. Never mind that a lot as a lot of people said, you lock the players out, you could just as easily say, start spring training, we're going to continue to negotiate, and we'll just work under the old rules until we get an agreement, which is per- apparently perfectly legal to do. We can just say, remember that agreement we had in 2021? We're just here's a piece of paper. We're going to continue that while we negotiate, and baseball continues. You could very well do that, but nope. Rob Manfred saying, "Hey, we got a good deal. We're excited about Saturday," which of course you would expect him to say uh, going into it. It seems like uh, Ben, you've been uh, around as leagues negotiate. How much when you see Roger Goodell or Rob Manfred or even the players uh, union make a statement? How much do you put into public statements that are put out there in terms of a deal? Or is it simply, look, I'm trying to frame the issue so that I look like I'm trying. Mm -hmm. We put forth a good deal, Mm -hmm. and the other side said no, and they're the bad guys. And I say that for the player side as well. Now, are most people going to side with the players? I think in this case, likely they will. Usually at some point, people side with the owners and say, players, you want to play, but you're not playing. And I think it eventually turns that way, which a lot of people go, why are you siding with the billionaire owners? But I think in this case, people are looking at the players saying, look, they're making some good things uh, available. Like, we want more money for the veteran mid-level guys, which is something I think the NFL was smart. Why are we paying rookies as the highest-paid guy in the league? Who was it, uh, the quarterback out of Oklahoma, now I'm drawing a blank. Caleb, Caleb Williams. Uh, uh, no, a couple of years ago, um, Sam... Um, out of, you said you said out, out, no, out of Oklahoma. He won the Heisman Trophy. Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford comes out. He's the highest paid. I think at that time he was the highest he was paid. High, yeah, he was highest high, he paid was high quarterback paid in the league. He's like you have thrown zero passes and you're the highest paid guy in the league. That makes no sense. And I think the NFL came back and said, "Look, we're not paying rookies more than guys who've been doing it for five years." Well, duh, that's common sense. And I think if you're an MLB player, you're saying, "Look, why are we giving mega contracts?" And rookie and rookie deals, but the guys in the middle who are kind of your as you've always said the meat potatoes of the league, mm. carving out a living. Why is their salary going down? Let's fix that. Seems perfectly reasonable. So it always seems like Ben, whenever you see people coming out and make public statements, it's always 
We're going to try to frame this so, hey, we're putting forth a good, we're excited about it. We think it's going to be a good deal on Saturday. Not worried about the season, not starting on time. And what does that automatically do? Well, the owner said they had a deal. Why didn't you sign it? You know, they said they had a good deal. So I think whenever I hear public statements from either side, I always take it with a grain of salt that they're simply trying to say, they're going to say no, potentially, but we're going to make it look like we had a good deal. They, they're the ones that are doing it, not us. Rob Manfred is uh, saying what you have to say, Kevin. I think I think sometimes when we are watching things for, as a, as a you know as a, just a casual onlooker or a lover of the game, but just you know just consumers of the game, negotiates the uh, uh, you know that's that's the business part of any any league. And I think you know and look, Rob Manfred, he could the two things could be true at the same time. It could be a good deal. It might not be a good deal for the players. It could be a good deal for the owners, obviously, because that's what they're willing to go out there and do. But when you start thinking about what what negotiations are, it's bigger than just uh, the mid tier players getting you know uh, getting a, getting a little bit more. You're talking about a lot of things that has to go into these deals. But these are the things that like kind of push it. Rob Manfred, if if he if he walks out, something 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 bad has happened because you he's the one commissioner, right? I mean, obviously I don't watch MLB.com, but I don't see him that much. You know, he's like a solar eclipse, man. You, yeah. you don't see him that much, and when you do, something dark is about to happen. Now, I I, I will give him credit. Kevin, I mean, obviously he has to meet with the owners. So he has to deal with these faceless people. The people that, you know, we don't know how Liberty Mutual looks. He does. He knows how these people look. And he has to go out there on behalf and say, look, this is what we're willing to do. This is the same, or these are the same owners that did not want to meet with the players. They want to do arbitration. They did not want to meet with them. They want a third party to decide. No. So I do think that when you think about what is, what's at stake, look, when we're talking about MLB, we're never talking about the players you know. That go Mike Trout. That go that go that go Harper. That go Mookie Betts. Right. That go that go Matt Scherzer. No, it's hey Matt. Who you standing next to? Who is that? That's that's who you negotiate on behalf of, and that's most leagues. Yeah, I know who LeBron is. I know who AD is. I don't know who the the fifteenth man on the roster is. So when you start talking about the guys who don't do commercials, the guys who haven't had enough money ten years ago to live off for the rest of their life, we talking about guys. You know, uh, who's still making uh, good money in the league. And I, I'm not mad at them. Get your money. Every team got to have a face of each team as well as, like, face of franchises, faces of baseball. I get it. But every time it's time to negotiate, the owners don't. The owners aren't talking to the faces of baseball. They're talking to the guys that make up the other, I don't know, 20, guy, 20, 20 of the 25 guys on the roster. So, I, I listen, Rob Manfred, don't, listen, if, if you ever need to be motivated, do not look for my, Rob Manfred to motivate you. He's not going to yeah. be the one to do it. But at the same time, it's only one of him. It's only one Rob Manfred. He has to go out there and say, look, now I don't agree with the nonsense he said about like not owning a, owning yeah. a freaking team. I think, to me, Kevin, that's when he's trying to go. Like, I'm pretty sure they talked to him. This is what, what they're going to ask you. That's They didn't tell him to say that. Yeah. Like, no one said, dude, if you own – if you own a, a, in, a, in, a MLB franchise, what's the word I'm looking for? You're winning, like, in life. Yeah. Like, regardless, you got so many employees that you don't even know, know how many checks go out, uh, you know, a freaking month. But I just, I, I do, what makes me nervous is you didn't have a deal. You wanted to go to arbitration. Now you got a deal coming this weekend. It's probably not going to be something the players, uh, you know, necessarily want to agree with. But I think the closer we, well, we the season is here. The players aren't they had a they don't have any leverage, man, because even though I keep talking about the face of baseball, they don't want to lose no money. No like Mike Trout, like, do we already deal the pandemic? All right, well, do you yeah. want to go through that again? You wanna deal with it? And I'm pretty sure they're still trying to find a way to put that type of language in. So we'll see, Kevin, but I just think that it's probably not it's probably not gonna start on time here. I mean, this notion that we only need four weeks. No, you don't need anything. Yeah, yeah. But I I, I just think that 
you know, Rob Manfred is in a tough spot, man, because you got to satisfy those 30 owners, but you also got to look like you on, on there. Like, it's like he's trying to serve both. I, listen, I'm, I work for the owners, but I'm trying to speak for the players, but the players got the Players Association, and we wanted to go to arbitration and all these different things, and I got to come on TV and try to answer these questions, try to improvise. That's a, that's a, lot, of, that's a lot of info in a 30-minute, 45-minute <laughs> uh, freaking uh, you know, press conference, but we'll see what happens. I think that's why we watch, but I do think that if you are a fan – Trust me, this is the part of sports that none of none, you're not supposed to like. But this is the business part. This is this is when these owners dominate players because owners they negotiating stuff all the freaking time. Like this ain't this is just one of many things they negotiate, right? This ain't it's yeah. what they do all the time. But we'll see what happens. But Rob Manfred, like I said, the solar eclipse showed his yeah. face today, and you see why they try to keep him. You know, he they try to keep him. He is the Wizard of Oz. They try to keep him behind the curtain. Yeah, and I I look at some of the things that were talked about. He's like, hey, we we have agreed to universal DH. Well, I think a lot of people said, well, that that's an easy one you know that's an easy one that I, I, that's one that i think most everybody knew was going to happen like when it comes to the next cba there's going to be universal dh so don't come out here and say, like oh we made a big concession i think that was an easy one but as you said ben i, I think when you're trying to make the case for why your deal is good and you come out and again rob manfred if you don't know what ben's talking about rob manfred his press conference said <laughs> well i think historically speaking uh, owning a baseball franchise has not been as profitable as, say, just putting your money in the stock market. And you're going, what? What? Like, like if, if you're George Steinbrenner, I rest his soul, but when he bought the Yankees, pretty sure at the end of his life, the Yankees were worth more than when he bought them. And I know you could say, well, the oh, stock market, but, about, but, but, but three times yeah, but more. So, so the guys at Best Time Market say, hey, if you get four, five, six, seven percent, you're doing good. No, the Yankees were worth like 10 to 15 times what George Steinbrenner paid for him, not to mention the money he was making all those years while owning the team. It is a profitable venture. Baseball is a healthy sport. And despite what people say about it, there is, there's interest here. Is it what it once was? No, but I think, again, the commissioner has not done a good job of helping to grow that. But it is a healthy financial sport. People are making money. So to come out and say, owning a team, is just, you'd be better off putting your money in the stock market. Like, that's blatantly stupid and not true. Like, it's just like nobody is buying that. So why are you saying that? I, I just don't – I can't think of another commissioner that would come out and make the case, our product isn't good. I don't even know why you'd want to own a team. I know he didn't say it in so many words, but when you have a, a guy who is representing the league coming out saying it's more profitable uh, to, uh, to, to go put your money in the stock market, you know, they're not out here owning teams for charity. Right, I mean, they're not out here not, by, not, by mean, some kind of goodwill cha- campaign. Charity and owning teams don't even right, like, like, uh, like, man. like, like we're not out here just to create goodwill and make ourselves feel good. No, Liberty Media owns the Braves for one reason: to make money. The end. I mean, that's I, it. I and mean, so, I, I, you know, that it's a piece of their portfolio. Yes. that's why they're doing it. Yes. If it wasn't, if, if there was a way, they looked at it and said, you know what? If we took the money out of the Atlanta Braves and put it over here and we make 8% with the Braves and we make 10% over there, guess what? They're going to put it in the 10% thing. It just It's business. And so to say that the teams, it's not as profitable as you think it is to own a baseball team is not true. Like, I don't, and so like, I don't know why you would downplay your sport. Like, and one, it makes your sport look bad. Like, what was us, man? Like, who would want to own a baseball team? It's just yeah. a succubus of money. Come on, that's not true. So I mean, the- I mean, I mean, and the whole thing about it is Kevin too. I mean, that's what that's what I mean about Rob Manfred. It's almost like 
He can't just answer the question. Listen, Rob, we get it. You're going to have to answer questions that are uncomfortable, but don't say nonsensical things. Yeah. I, I know I talked earlier about if we all hit the lottery, me, you, PJ, Christian, BJ, we all want to own something, right? We don't even got to own something. Somebody go, hey, man, I own 10% of the Braves. What do you mean? I just own 10%. Meaning, I'm still an owner. I don't I don't necessarily got any like uh, decision-making power. But every time the Braves make any dollars, I get I get a I get, get my portion of it. Yeah. And I and I think, but then how many people can say, "Hey man, what do you do, man? You know, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer. You know, I do radio. I know I own the Braves. Like, what do you what do you what do you mean? Like yeah. the Braves, like the, the hat I got on, I own them. And, and people start saying it's not profitable. If it's, you know how you know you're it's not profitable? giving somebody exactly. hundreds of it's, only, it's, it's only thirty of them. It's only thirty owners in the in the MLB in in the, in, the, in the world. In the world. <laughs> so I, I, I don't, I mean, like I said, Rob walks off and whoever his PR guy is, manager, agent said, dude, like, what do you. That's a hard sell, Rob. It, it, it's hard, super hard <laughs> But so they, they're, again, confident going into the weekend. I'll be interested to see. I, again, I think the public concessions that he put out there were ones that were probably going to happen anyway. It's like, well, we're going to do it anyway. Now I'm going to make a big show. Uh, out of me making a concession, like you were going to do that anyway. You were going to do that anyway. Yes. So I, I wonder what Saturday brings. I think for baseball fans, you'd love to have a deal because, again, pitchers and catchers usually report sometime like Tuesday, Wednesday next week and start getting loosened up. More. If that gets missed, not as big of a deal, but I don't think you want to start getting to mid-March like, hey, we're going to start cranking up mid-March and we're just going to push the season back into mid-April. No, no. I, I, to me, in today's day and age where you are fighting for entertainment dollars and people's attention, don't not be there, right? I mean, the NFL has done a tremendous job of this, yeah. and they're the most popular sport. But why, as Ben said, why is, the, why is the draft three days? Because for three or four days, they are in the news, when normally it's like these are dudes who are – nothing is happening. Mm-hmm. Hey, we want Ben Troop to be on our team. Did he sign a contract? No, well, no, that doesn't happen for a little bit. Is he officially on team? Well, we got to do a you know – uh, physical, and then we got to get into rookie mini camp. So that has become a huge event. It, NFL does that more, it does it better than anybody. Hey, mini camps are starting. We got to talk about it. Well, what's a mini camp? Dudes running around in shorts, learning plays. But that's become a news. The accessibility is. is yeah. They, they, but they, if you're Major League Baseball and the only thing anybody's yes. talking about is you're not playing, yes. and we'll update you tomorrow. That's not keeping you relevant when you're especially yes. in season. So to me, for both sides, there should be a big impetus to say, listen, in the social media age, in the age of 100 different things that people can sink their time and money and attention into, don't allow them to go do something else when they could be interested in your sport. And there's a lot of people that want to be involved with your sport, but they can't be involved if you're not there. And so I think after, as you said, Ben, after the pandemic year, where many people are like, look, man, I get it. Y'all are trying to work out high-dollar financial stuff of we want to get paid for 70 games. No, we're only going to pay you for 60 games. Are there going to be fans there? That's, that's not complicated stuff that can be solved or simple something you saw in five minutes. But at the same time, people are like, just go play. Like, we've been in the house. There's nothing going on. Just go out there and do it and quit squabbling over this thing and put a product on the field for people yep. to get involved with. Yep. And what did you see? Pandemic over, yep. you get into 2021, epic season. I think the Braves had record attendance. You look at the financials. Uh, going into this offseason, everybody said, boy, this could be a fun MLB offseason. Teams are flush with cash after the pandemic year and after 2021. They had a great financial year. They were washed with cash. Could be a wild offseason. What did you see before the lockout started? Dudes were getting $50 million deals, $40 million deals. Don't tell me there's no money in baseball and you're handing out $50 million deals. 
Like, there's a lot of things to be excited about with baseball, but you got to play. Yep. You got to be active. You can't be, well, we're back to the negotiating table. No, nobody cares about that. Exactly. I mean, they do, but nobody ca- well, cares no, no, about no, that no, enough. No, they don't. They, no, they don't. And you're and you, and you right. I think I think sometimes, too, you know, people say, oh, well, being, you know, no, just because I was a part of these meetings, man, look, I, I was a football player. That's what I did. When it came to negotiations, I had an agent. Why? Because I didn't understand contracts. I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I want to put myself, people always say, man, what do you do in life the best? I, 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 I tend to like, you know, uh, uh, being towards my strengths. That it's a weakness when you're sitting at a table with people that wear. Like, listen, man, if my if my daily attire is a suit, that's what I wear every day. No, I wear a suit on game day when I'm headed to a game because I'm a professional. I think what's happening is too often at times you say to yourself, dude, don't let this, don't let this thing run out. Why? Because we're gonna get exposed as players. Like we're gonna get exposed because these owners are going, dude. We know Mike Trout not because he's Mike Trout, because he got because he's in the MLB, because the Angels got him. We would have never known him. We know who Bryce Harper is. Why? Because he's in the MLB. So at, don't think they don't use that stuff. Like it's half you. I get it. You can hit the baseball. Yeah. You're one of the best. But it's half because of what we've done for you with the money that we give you. So I just think that the when you go to listen, that's like this. Look, do you want to take it? Listen, if you go to court, you don't want the person you take to court is a lawyer. Cause they, they you you gonna have a double negative going on. <laughs> so I just think in this situation, they they did themselves a disservice because they don't want the thing to run and say, man, we've we, we've been able to come to a deal uh, before before this other one ran out because you don't believe me. The NFL is the best best uh, it's the best uh, sport in the world or in America. They signed a ten year CPA. So if you don't think those owners got over on those players, you signed them for how long? Ten years. That's shoot. That's almost longer than freaking Patrick Mahomes, uh, the co- contract. I mean, extension with the freaking uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm just telling you, stay away from negotiating tables with billionaires because <laughs> they know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying. We've got more to come here. Three and out. Arnold Harrison will join us, former Georgia Bulldog and Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers in about 15 minutes. But big day at the trade deadline in the NBA. We'll hit that next year. Three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Great to be here with you on this Thursday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. We'll chat with Arnold Harrison, former George Bulldog, Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He'll join us uh, coming up in just a little bit. Trade deadline today, Ben, in the NBA. Uh, Hawks didn't do anything. Uh, there was a lot of smoke, a lot of talk that maybe the Hawks would do something. They didn't. But James Harden to the 76ers for Ben Simmons, two first-round draft picks. That was one of the big moves, or the biggest move, certainly, of the day at the uh, at the trade deadline is the NBA starting to shake things up here for the home stretch. Ben Simmons is the, is the player, Kevin, that nobody wants to give up on, right? I mean, I'm former number one overall pick coming out of LSU that didn't take his team to the uh, to the NCAA tournament, by the way, and still can't shoot. But people, you know, great defender, great defender. Uh, obviously, did not want to play anymore for the 76ers. I made it known I don't I do not want to play basketball. He said it's not it's not anything. A mental or anything, I just do not want to play. James Harden made it known. I want out of Brooklyn. And I think since him, KD, and Kyrie Irving teamed up together, they've only been on the court at the same time for 16 games. Think about that. And James Harden is one of those guys. He's chasing legacy now. He wants to be able to say, look, give me, put me with a superstar like Joel Embiid. I can go up there and hopefully try to compete, uh, you know, uh, for an NBA title. But it did send shockwaves. Ben Simmons, I mean, I think Ben Simmons, uh, Seth Curry, Paul Millsap uh, actually goes uh, to uh, to the 76 mile. I mean, 
I didn't even know he was still in, you know, in the NBA since he left us, uh, since he left the Hawks. But I, I just think that sometimes, Kevin, you know, when I think about when I think about the NBA, the trade deadline is how they that's like their you know, because the NBA drive is lackluster. You know, it's all about what LeBron is doing or what, you know, uh Giannis is doing. How do they make their money trade deadlines? And how they do it is they do all these kind of okay trades. And it's like, oh, oh, whoa, oh, here it is. Blockbuster trade. Now, people say, oh my God, Kyrie Irving, KD, and Ben Simmons are together. You know who else plays in Brooklyn and no one cares? That would be Blake Griffin. No one cares because they barely even play him. I don't – I get I get it and I don't get it, Kevin, when it comes to Ben Simmons because this notion of potential. Well, Ben Simmons is not – Ben Simmons been in the league about five, six years, right? And we've been talking about this. First, it was the process. Then it was, oh, he's learning how to shoot in the offseason. Then it's, <laughs> you know, Doc Rivers saying, hey, man, we can't win with him. I mean, he's very, very sensitive, which people go, man, you got to watch how you talk about players. No, you don't. No, 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 you don't. Because just imagine what Doc has to deal with the fact that I got Joel Embiid and I got Ben Simmons and we lose him. How about that? So Ben Simmons gets to go to Brooklyn. Now, this is what I'm saying, though. If he can't handle what Doc Rivers is saying, Doc Rivers is, you know, Hall of Fame coach, one of the best coaches ever. Can he handle what Steve Nash is going to say? Do we respect? Steve Nash is the same Steve Nash that Kyrie Irving said. We don't really need a coach. Well, Kyrie, you don't even play, uh, you know, you can you, you don't even play, um, you know, uh, at home or whatever. You can't even play in <laughs> California on the road. So we'll see. But Ben Simmons says he wanted out. He got out. James Harden said he wanted out. He got out. And um, uh, Porzingis, uh, you know, originally, you know, who was with uh, the Mavs, he got traded to the to the uh, to the Washington Wizards. I don't think they they haven't changed their name. I don't think <laughs> at this point yet. But uh, Kevin, like I said, it's the it's the NBA trade deadline. I mean, Ben Simmons got what he wanted. James, I mean, I think uh, PJ had you know, <laughs> PJ had me laughing. They said uh, James Harden was put, getting ready to put on his fat suit. You know, the yeah. suit he used to wear when he was in Houston. It was like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you don't got to put it on, man. You go, <laughs> you go out of Philadelphia. You go out of Philadelphia, man. Like for real, yeah. you take that fat suit off, man. So yeah. now they guys, a couple of guys got what they wanted. We'll see if it leads to anything. But Ben Simmons, you get to go from Philadelphia, you know, the city of brother, brother love, to to where Brooklyn at. Probably gonna see. Probably gonna end up being where the hell Ben Simmons at if he don't want to suit up. Yeah. But only time will tell. And that was funny. You were like, I don't think the Wizards have changed their name. It, it, I only share this because it was funny because Ben uh, uh, and I were talking to the office uh, yesterday, and I had just a little moment, and you were like, you Ben read something. I was like, the Washington Commanders have. And I, I told Ben, I said, I almost had a moment where I said. Who are the Washington Commanders? Is that the new USFL team? And I was like, oh, wait, that's right. <laughs> I, 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 I was like, who is that? But just for a second, the, the Commanders. Go, I mean, the go commanders. Commies. I'll, 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 I will say that. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, no, that's what people have said. Like, we could be the Go Commies. Like, that's God, come up with a better choice. Exactly. Than that. Look, I mean, look, we, we were talking about, we were talking about uh, these owners, you know, with MLB. Look, Dan Snyder said, y'all going to make me change my name? I, I'm not going to give y'all what y'all want. I'm gonna give y'all something real cheesy, and y'all, I mean, I hope. But let's go, Commanders! I mean, one, two, three, go, Commanders! <laughs> that's gonna be that. Just that. Just that. Just sound like some old. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Come on, yeah. man. These mar- listen. These marketing team, the same. I'm gonna say it again. The same marketing team that came up with uh with the with the Atlanta Braves mascot has something to do with the Commanders. I don't care what no one says. Because when the Braves, you know, introduced that mascot, Kevin, we was all like, "What? What is that? Like, like that look?" Most people, some people say he looked like a thumb. Some people say he looks like a nutter butter with arms and legs. <laughs> Either way, it's a bad decision. And he and now because the Braves just won, he can get more appearances. So he's making money hand over fist. Like, yeah, man. Does he know. have fists or just? I don't know. I don't know what the hell he has. But if I ever catch him, I'm gonna dive on him. But nah, man. I mean, but we. But hey, shout out to Ben Simmons. Shout out to James Harden. 
You know, I mean, they, they, they get to go. They get to get. They, they both got out. You know, um, didn't have to get ugly in all season because. And Kevin, like you, we always say with the Braves, whenever you got a tradable piece, use them while they are tradable. Why they got some value? You was able to get. You know, you know, you was able to trade to get you know a first round of here with you know this and the third trade though. Super when superstars tell you they don't want to be there anymore, get rid of them because it kills your franchise if you keep them around. They bring down the whole morale of the franchise. So for me, hey man, uh, Ben Simmons, you get to go to Brooklyn. James Harden, you get to go. You get to you get to go. You get to go to Philly. Joel Embiid, hey man, you know I don't know if it's gonna help, but at least you got a player that actually wants to play. Because Ben Simmons was making a lot of money to sit at the house every day. Yeah, certainly. Again, we'll see how this affects the NBA if it works out there in Brooklyn with this uh, this latest trade. But we've got more to come. Arnold Harrison going to join us talking Super Bowl. He won two of them. He knows a little bit about that. We'll talk with him about it when we come back here. Three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Great to be here. Kevin BJ is not here. Ben is here. I don't know why. Just getting that rhythm. And uh, Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Glad to have you along here on this Thursday Super Bowl upcoming on Sunday with the Rams and the Bengals. And joining us here on the program, he's got two Super Bowl rings with the Pittsburgh Steelers out of the University of Georgia. Joining us here on the program, Arnold Harrison stepping in here on 3 and Out. Arnold, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, how y'all doing? Doing fantastic. Now, the Rams have been here. Matthew Stafford hasn't. The Bengals obviously haven't come close to this in a, uh, a long, long time. What is the lead-up to the Super Bowl like as a player? I guess describe it from your first time to having to do it a second time, and what was what was the difference in getting ready for it uh, each time? Well, I can tell you firsthand, um, everybody understands the, the ramifications of this game because you spend your whole life thinking about playing in the Super Bowl for sure. I can tell you the first go-round, I was a rookie. I mean, you, you really don't know how to move as a professional, period, as a rookie. And... Uh, you know, the Super Bowl environment is kind of crazy. Um, realistically, you just kind of like laying on the bet. You know, we had we had nobody on our team that had ever been to the Super Bowl um, my first year, and we kind of just were playing to try to get in, you know. Uh, so it's just it's, you got media day, you got practice, you got all of the events that are going on around the city. So I think that Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday you might let you guys, you know, be a little loose, make sure that families and everybody make it into town. You know, that's the kind of the hard part is making sure that you get all of your family and everybody situated. But, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, if you're smart, you get you get yourself back into your weekly routine and back focus on game time. Arnold, man, you guys had some, uh, you guys had some like, big-time vets on the team. I mean, James Harrison, Jerome Bettis, Troy Palomalo, the list goes on and on. You talk about Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday kind of being loose. Who was that veteran on the team that said, all right, fellas, y'all know what we're here to do. Let's hone in so we can make sure uh, we ain't on the losing end of this thing. Well, I can tell you right now, uh, we, had, we had some internal motivation. My first Super Bowl was um, in Detroit, right? So it's, it's not like it was a big party city anyway. And Jerome Bettis was, was the leader of the team at the time. And, you know, he came back for one last season, hopefully, that we would, you know, get him a chance to win a ring because he had never had much, you know, success in the playoffs. And uh, we all kind of rallied around that year. I mean, we literally had uh, dinner at his parents' house in Detroit, like, the, the, you know, the night or the day, two days before the game. So, you know, it kind of was, you know, he – of course, because we were playing for him that we rallied around that. We also had James Ferrier, who was an amazing – and I tell people this, he was literally like an amazing leader on the team. Uh, you know, so he, he would always kind of keep us rallied. And believe it or not, 
you know, one of our pregame rituals was that we played cards. We laid into the night, laid into the night. We did that every game. And, you know, of course, the Super Bowl is at night. So it kind of made everybody kind of stay up a little late. But we slept pretty much all day till walkthroughs, and then we slept all the way up until game time. So, you know, it kind of worked out for us. Arnold Harrison Jordan is here on uh, 390. You mentioned about uh, getting there one to win. What about a guy like Matt Stafford? Obviously, he was in Detroit for a long time. Not a lot to get excited about in terms of the postseason, but now he's with the Rams on a team that's gotten here. I know he doesn't have the long history with the Rams, but how bad do you think they want to win for him, a guy that's been in the league and has barely sniffed the playoffs, much less getting to this stage? I couldn't imagine. I mean, I really feel like the Rams – uh, fully as an organization, have done an amazing job kind of putting some talent together uh, really quickly and, and feeling like they had some core people. You know, they've had injuries. They've had things that they had to overcome. I mean, what they've done, resurrecting OBJ's career, you know, has been amazing. You got, you know, losing somebody that was a star work for you, like Robert Woods, who was a, a third-down maven, was hard. But then when you, when you find a way to kind of recreate yourself and recreate your offense, in the middle of the year and get him going, that's great. Uh, love what they're doing with Cam Akers, who I feel like is a true talent. Uh, mixing in Sony Michelle, picking them up midseason. Uh, Von Miller to close out games. I mean, they literally have um, – that roster is not, is not even recognizable in comparison to what it was day one, but they did what they needed to try to get the pieces together. Oh, no, how, how does uh, how do uh, how do you guys go about making sure that everybody is important? I'm not saying that nobody's less important throughout the course of the year, but you just don't know. I mean, you just you talking about a Super Bowl? It could be on special teams. I mean, it could be a pick. It could be a big uh, block. It could be a tackle. How does everybody make sure to look, man? We understand who the headliners are, but everybody got to be ready to make that play if it does uh, indeed appear or uh, show itself. Well, I can tell you right now. Um we just had the right leadership in the locker room. You know, we did. We had some great, great guys in the locker room, Aaron Smith. Not not just the, the big names like the Joy Porters of the world and the uh, and the Ben Roethlisberger's because he was young. Like, I mean, we were all young. And that's kind of the piece while we spent a lot of time talking about the Rams, I see some of those traits in the, in the Bengals. Uh, you see young leadership, right? You got – you know, your, your, your best offensive players are, are, you know, second-year and third-year players. I mean, you got a running back who nobody's even talking about, and he's probably the best player on either team um, for the Bengals. So, you know, when you look at that team, you know, starvation will create, you know, necessity, right? I and mean, these guys have been starving for a long time, trying to figure out how to get past the Steelers and the, the Ravens just to make the playoffs. And now you let them get into one significant game, then another significant game, then another significant game, and they didn't beat the, the, the you know, uh, Kansas City Chiefs twice in the same in the last four weeks. You know, they feeling really confident about themselves as well because they don't know any better, right? You know, so you know, I think it's everybody knows that this game is important from the 53rd man on the roster all the way to the first. So you know, the detail, the devil's in the details. Like the coaches, the nerves will be there. Right, you know, and I and I know this for a fact. Like when you when you you covering that first kickoff, everybody's scared. It's somebody that got to go down there and make a play to kind of settle everybody down. So that's that's important. We've seen in years past that that first kickoff. I think it was the Chicago Bears. Devin Hester ran the first kickoff back of the game against the Indianapolis Colts. And you know, you sitting there thinking, oh, Chicago might have a chance, but then the Colts end up winning the game. And, you know, we've seen that in the past before where people let the first kickoff of the game go for a touchdown. 
Arnold Harrison joining us here on Three and Out. And Arnold, how do you explain Joe Burrow? A season and a half basically in the National Football League, and you just don't see guys like that come in the league, uh, play with a behind a horrible offensive line in year number one, and then year two, he's in the Super Bowl. You just don't see that a lot of times from guys in not even their second full season. Yeah, that's that's what makes the NFL different than other sports. I mean, it's the ultimate team sport. It's the ultimate rally sport, and you know, you know, I, you you look at Joe Burrow and you watch what he did after transferring from Ohio State to LSU, and then kind of being a middle of the road guy, and then the next season after some good coaching and some great development of some receivers, because you can't negate, you know, your Justin Jeffersons and your Jamar Chases of the world. You know, they get going, and it's kind of like they may be one of the greatest offenses that we ever seen in college football history. This guy literally has kind of bootstrapped himself into believing in himself, and, you know, he just kind of thinks that he's a winner. So, you know, it's kind of hard to cool off a guy that's so hot, right? He doesn't know that he's not supposed to win. He doesn't know that the Cincinnati Bengals are not supposed to win. So, you know, the great thing about him is that, you know, we had the Tom Brady's, in the past that made us believe that anything is possible. And then they kind of like, you know, it's like the only thing that can beat him is retirement. Right. You know, you know, so, you know, hopefully that, you know, I'm excited about the future because you got the Joe Burrows and the Justin Herberts and those young guys that are going to carry this game on into the future. And on, and on a, how much can he continue to ride that wave? You talk about the fact that when you first, you know, your, your rookie year, you are already going to the Super Bowl. So to you, that's my normal. Even though it's not normal, that was your normal. Joe Burrow can find a way to go out there and get this super duper. We, I know it's about Patrick Mahomes. I know it's about the, you know, uh, the freakish athlete that is Lamar Jackson. How, how soon can we be talking about? Hey, man, the Super Bowl run, the Super Bowl in the league, you know, could potentially be coming through Cincinnati. Hey, I think that the conversation is already getting started. I mean, they. They really did a good job handling that division. I mean, if you think they beat the, they beat the, the, you know, they beat the mess out of the Steelers two times. So that was when I realized that they was legit. They beat Baltimore, if I'm not mistaken, two times. So I mean, you knocked off the first challenge. Then you had to go and play Kansas City, and you beat them to get into the playoffs, clinch the division. Then you went to Kansas City and beat them, where they played in the AFC Championship four years in a row at home. So you go into hostile territory and get a win. What I mean, he's checked every box except for, except for hoisting the Lombardi. So, from my standpoint, you can't tell him that he's not supposed to be doing this. I mean, in his mind, he got people who only know winning. Just think about it. The last game that Jamar Chase played in before this season was the national championship. He hasn't lost. He doesn't know. He doesn't know losing. So, in his mind, he's supposed to win, right? And joining us here on Three and Out, Arnold. Before we let you go. Had to give you a minute to talk about your Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, speaking of winning the big game, got a national title for the first time since 1980, I think right at a month ago. Hey, I was in the house in Indianapolis. The environment was electric. Thank you so much for giving me that opportunity. I know Ben and I go all the way back to elementary school, and that is the truth. We were in the same elementary school class years ago, but he was a Florida guy, and I went to Georgia. And I remember one time that they beat us in a game that kept us out of the national championship. So there's been so many different opportunities for us to win it and to actually see us get the job done was very gratifying. Now, Arnold, man, I want to know right now, man, I be following you on the gram, man. I be seeing you and the missus and you and little, the little Arnolds running around. I want to know, man, did, 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 uh, did that wet stuff come out your eyes, man, when, that, when, uh, when, you bought, when, you, when y'all boys won it? Oh, my good. Um, I can tell you this, my six-year-old son, Arnold III, uh, 
is uh, we call him Champ, but uh, he is as big a fan of, of sports as you can find already, and it's kind of scary, Ben. And, uh, and he was yelling at the TV with my mom because my mom kept him while we were in Indianapolis. And she, he, you know, he, you know, for us to be able to, to say as a state, you know, this is to be honest, as a state, we've been the bride, the bridesmaid so many times, so many big games we played in, and including the national championship. I was at it the last time when we lost in overtime. For us to be able to win it the way that we won it, the way the first touchdown of the season against Clemson was an interception for a touchdown, and the last touchdown of the season to be an interception of. Is, uh, for a touchdown, that's kind of you know it spoke volumes about the way that we won it. Like we, we we had a misfit quarterback that you know just found a way to make plays. We had a, a compilation of different talent levels, three star, four star guys that ended up turning into superstars. It just was I mean, the, and the play on deep, the win it on defense to have you know great linebackers like we had and great D line. It, it, it was the right way. I mean, I and to beat Alabama in it was also even more gratifying. I think the whole – I think half the country was cheering for us to beat Alabama because they just tired of seeing them beat us, everybody. And on a finally, man, I mean, when we talk about stories, right, we talk about Joe Burrow and what he did for LSU. You talk about Cam Newton and what he did when he was at Auburn. We talk about Johnny Football. I think all those boys pale in comparison – to old Stetson Bennett, man. Did you think it was ever going to be Stetson Bennett? I know me and you used to go back and forth about the, the Jake Fromm thing, man, but this thing got Hollywood script written all over it. There's no question about it. I mean, by all means, I mean, Stetson Bennett is, uh, he should be, we should be gracious to him and thankful that, you know, he found a way to just keep moving the ball and, 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 and you know, keep getting up, right? You know, the, the mindset, you know, it's almost like watching Rudy in real life. The guy, Left the school, transferred back, had multiple people that were five-star guys in front of him, and he just kept trudging along. And I mean, I think the coaching staff did a really good job of putting him in position, to, you know, to make singular throws to win. I mean, it doesn't matter how you get it done; it's as long as you get it done. So I'm just, you know, in, in the words of Curry, keeping with the theme, he said, "Either you're a leader, or you're not." So, you know, for for now and forever, we'll always remember that they knocked the top off the ceiling and they got us a championship. Arnold Harrison, our guest here on Three and Out. Arnold, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Hey, it was an absolute pleasure, fellas. Hope y'all have a great, great rest of your uh, rest of your year. Uh, we'll do. Arnold Harrison joining us here, two-time Super Bowl champ there with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll come back. Uh, speaking of unbelievable story, uh, the SEC just handing out more cash. We'll talk about that when we get back here on Three and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you here on this Thursday, Ben. Big day in the SEC. Why? Because it's payday. <laughs> they had uh, people talk about money in college athletics and, and all of that. And people wonder what's going to happen when Texas and Oklahoma come in and you talk about all this uh, disparity in money and things of that nature. The SEC had their meetings uh, this week and announced today uh, their annual distribution, which is always a, a big press release, uh, to their partners. 14 ways it's getting divvied up so that each school in the SEC going to walk away with $54.6 million each. People want to go, why is that? Why is Vanderbilt in the SEC? $54.6 million. That's why Vanderbilt's in the SEC. Why would they leave? We can be 0-28, and, and it don't matter. We get that $54 million check at the end of the year, and it's all good. If you don't think the product in the, in the, in the SEC is getting better, Nine million read that. That's $9 million more than it, than it used to be, and that's before Texas and no, Oklahoma. No, 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 not than it used to be. Nine million more than it was last year. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm 
mean, that's ridiculous. I'm going to eat that cheese. Yeah. Straight up. I mean, and then you talk about Texas and Oklahoma coming in. My goodness, going to keep uh, just growing exponentially. We'll see you tomorrow. Got the big Valentine's Day giveaway. Don't miss it. We'll catch you right here, three and out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network.